welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. We are on episode 107. Uh, be sure to listen to this podcast on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. It helps a lot. You can also listen on Google Play. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Hit us up on Facebook at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. With that being said, I'm joined uh, once again with my co host Antakul. And we also have Joey joining us to cover this uh, this, this card that happened. Um, <laughs> how's everybody doing? Did you guys know that UFC 230 is next week? Yeah. Got to go to a baby shower that day, too. Uh, I was going to say, why can't it be next week? <laughs> I'm not going to disrespect the fine people of Canada that way. Moncton. 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 I thought it was German for like the past month. It's an o- It was an okay card. Both of you, both of you relaxed. It wasn't that no. horrendous. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> It was very long winded. It's gonna be a contentious winded. show, isn't it? Yeah, right it off was very it was very long winded. It was very long winded. Um before we get into that though, uh top cities of the week for listeners. Uh number one, Dallas, Texas, number two, Denver, Colorado, number three, Des Moines, Iowa, number four, Omaha, Nebraska, and coming in at number five we had Salem, Oregon. So shout out to you guys. Number Thanks six, for listening. Mocked in Canada. <laughs> it's all fun and games until the Mounties show up at your door ready to fucking throw some throw some hands. They'll, they'll, right. they'll, they'll come in droves after this episode, and then they'll leave. I'm, all I'd really be afraid of was, would be their, like, their moose. Their meese? Moose? Whatever. Meese. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> no California either. Stokes needs to get on his game and get his get his people in line so they can. Yeah, I was gonna say right under under Oregon. Yeah, California is like at like number nine. Stokes, what are you doing? Wow. Alaska is in front of California. That's kind of crazy. Well, because we, we well they knew I was gonna be on and talk about the Alaska Fighting Championship. There you go. <laughs> what happened there? What the? <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Nothing happened. <laughs> nothing ever happened. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Alaska. All there is is fighting and snow. I feel like I, I'll never it, forget that newborn, the, the eleven-day-old who they brought to the card. For AFC, Alaska fighting. Yes, for AFC, there was just like this random eleven-day-old baby well, who he was wanted... sitting cage side. <laughs> well, dude, did you see when they brought the? They brought like an animal. They have like an animal shelter sponsor, and they brought the dog into the cage, and I'm just like, it's gonna shit. Like it has. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to watch one of their cards, and I never, I never like know when they're on. And I, but I and do... I have a whole theory on like they give out like a like an envelope to the fighters in the cage related to some barbershop, I think, and we're constantly <laughs> debating what's in the envelope. 
<laughs> he has some unscrupulous theories. <laughs> I don't know. It's Alaska. Whatever it is, they can probably get away with it. No, no, no nobody's going to Alaska. What is that to with international waters. <laughs> I mean, like, if you're a cop, do you, do you really want to go out in the snow? Yeah, I don't think anybody's in a rush to investigate what's what's going on in Alaska. No. Watch Might as well have a. Ah <laughs> oh, man, but um, all right. So I have a long list of fights. Uh, it's been it's been about a week and some change, almost two, uh, since we've all last gotten together. Um, so I'm not sure if any of these fight announcements are repeats. Um, but I uh, will roll through this very long list that I have, and then we'll come back and you know talk about any that we want to elaborate on, and then we will move on, so on and so forth. Um, but starting from the top, um, UFC 232, Andre Arvlosky and Walt Harris. Um, at UFC 230, we have David Branch and Jared Cannonier, also Chris Weidman and Jacare Souza. Uh, UFC Denver, UFC Fight Night Denver has a host of fights. Uh, Yair Rodriguez and Korean Zombie. For you guys who don't know, Frankie Edgar is out of that fight. Uh, Mark De La Rosa and Jordan Espinoza. Hannah Cyphers and Macy Barber. Tiago Moise and Benil Dariush. That's all UFC Denver. Uh, UFC 231, Gunnar Nelson is back from the dead uh, against Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Uh, also on 231, Hanato uh, Moicano and Masad Bektik. Um, UFC Fight Night 141, Alistair Overeem versus Sergey Pavlich. UFC Adelaide, Tony Martins and Jake Matthews. Uh, UFC Buenos Aires has a few fight announcements with Darren Elkins and Ricardo Lamas, which I want to say is, I think it's co-headlining. Yes. And Yuta Sasaki and, uh, oh, uh, Alexandre Pantoja and Hector Aldana versus Loriano Starpoli, if I'm saying that correct. And, okay, I definitely wrote this one wrong. I put UFC 23. Um <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely not UFC 23, um, but Adam Wazorkic and Marcos Rogerio de Lima. I'm assuming that's a fight night card. I don't know. No, that's uh, MSG. Next. Okay. Time. I don't know why I put wrote UFC 23. <laughs> um, and Bellator, Bellator 211, uh, Luca Vitali versus Luca Jelchik. If I'm saying that correct. Uh, Bellator 210, David Rickles versus Guillerme Vasconcelos. Um, and Victor FC 33 will have a Adam Waite title rematch between Jin Yu Frey and Mina Sanders. And over in one championship, uh, Brandon Vera will finally fight. I feel like he fights like once every five years over there. But Brandon Vera versus Mauro Sorelli, uh, I don't think the date is yet announced, but that'll be going down um, November 9th. Super fight between Adam Waite champ Angela Lee. And strawweight champ, uh, Jing Dan. So, that should be fun. Kayla Harrison will be fighting, I think this is PFL's New Year card, I think. Yes, um, New Year's Eve in Manhattan yep. because they don't want an audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of, one of their brightest talents may not have a crowd to fight in front of. Um, she does not have a, a named opponent uh, at this point, but she will be on that card. Um, and in boxing, uh, Mikey Garcia and Errol Spence will be going down in February. And a fun little tidbit that I found out via Twitter yesterday. Um, the Zone added Road FC to their uh, list of you know organizations on their site. So 
I had to make that tough decision, and I think I'm going to keep the zone, actually. Um, I, th I think I'm going to keep it. I'm going to let them take this this little 9.99 from me until I get tired of seeing it on my banking statement, and then I'll get rid of it. But um, the zone actually isn't half bad. It's not half bad. Um, so any any of these fights, uh, what, what, do you, what do you guys think about the Yair uh, Rodriguez and Korean zombie fight? It's probably a better fight than the original fight. Yeah. Well, more entertaining. Yeah. Um, I kind of just expected Frankie to go out there and just like kind of take him down, beat him up from the top. To be honest, so so it sucks that Edgar's out, but uh, the, this should be fun. What's up with these weird injuries that are sound serious and then they're apparently only out for like three weeks? Because Edgar's Maybe. talking about being back in January. Yeah, he tore his bicep. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For a bicep tear, that seems... Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, maybe science has just come that far and we just haven't realized it. I don't know. Oh, Frankie, Frankie's the Iron Man. Yeah, far be it for me to knock Frankie Edgar's toughness, but, like, if you're that hurt, then you need to be maybe, awake a lot. Maybe, yeah, maybe take some time, relax, untear your bicep. Untear? Right. Mean, it's gonna, it's gonna be like... Crazy cold in January. Like, chill out until like the spring, man. Just you know, relax. Just relax a little bit. Um. Oh well, I, uh, not that, not that, uh, not to interrupt you, but I do believe Aliza Zaleski and Legion Leon fell apart too. So, and that's a personal fight that I'm quite. Ah, uh, yeah, that did happen. Quite uh, that did. But Joel Romero's got a fight, so everything's better now. This is what weight it's going to be at. Probably Paulo Costa at any weight. They're probably just gonna. I believe it's Paulo Costa on the January nineteenth card. <clears throat> Costa Romero, uh, PVZ, and Thompson Wonderboy. You're uh, Thompson Lawler. You're at least trying with your ESPN debut. Trying. <laughs> hey, you know, you, you got to give some kind of A for effort. Uh, no, I mean it's it, it's perfectly acceptable for a four fight main card. I just that main event I'm a little, a little, a little concerned about. I mean, uh, like I don't even know. Like, how long did Poirier say he was going to be out? Like six weeks, three weeks? Yeah, like what is up with these injuries that are like three days, three weeks? You know, it comes off like I'm like I'm questioning them. I'm not. I'm just cons I'm confused if these guys are rushing back or anything. I mean, they, oh, they almost certainly are, if we're being honest. Mm. But if they could rebook Poirier Diaz for the ESPN debut. No. I, I want that. They're not giving Nate Diaz that. They should, because that's what I want. Well, the world doesn't revolve <laughs> around what you want. If we had what you wanted, we wouldn't be getting rid of this. No, they, they probably can't. I don't, I don't think you want to book Nate for ESPN, because there's a chance he just doesn't show up. There's also a chance that he flips off. The entire audience, yeah, <laughs> on, on TV, and it, that sounds amazing, and I want it. This is why they're getting rid of 125 because you, <laughs> your behavior is, is my behavior unacceptable, unacceptable. Supporting this, quick, quick, quick thoughts. Wadman Jacare. Jacare is just way too old, and Wadman's just way too broken. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> It's because like, I, I feel like the, the fan in me is always rooting for Jacare. It's like, but now look at go ahead. 
when I was saying, I look at it realistically, I'm like, Wadman probably should win this. But I don't trust Wadman all the time. So I don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I don't know how this is going to go. Yeah, like I said, it's two really old, broken guys. Well, not really old, but like in fight years, they're just kind of... I mean, I think Jack Ray's like 40-something. Yeah, he's, he's up there. I don't care what his birth certificate says. Like, <laughs> why do we well, always? Wadman do would. Ex- <laughs> Everybody's older than they claim to be in this thing. Because it's a Seuss young man's sport. Like, is thirty-eight. He is thirty-eight. All right. Wadman's thirty-four. Wow. Time goes fast. Why hasn't he gone to? This this we'll, we'll we're gonna we're gonna yeah we're gonna we're gonna hurt we'll this that. <laughs> if, if this card wasn't an indication why Rockhold and Wideman should have been at two hundred five like a year ago two years ago three years ago I don't know what else is um but just just to go back to Wideman Sousa real quick take your Rock'em Sock'em robots from twenty years ago one of them's missing an arm and the other one's head just comes up randomly. And have them fight and see who wins, and that's basically this fight in so many words. That's, on, that's very apropos, considering like that's what I'm saying. Weidman, Weidman has like one neck, like he has a bad neck and one <laughs> arm that's not working because he's had shoulder surgery on that one arm. And Jacare is just old. Speaking speaking of guys who come back from major fucking surgery way too quick, Mister. <laughs> Chris Wyden, who's like, yeah, I had to get neck surgery. I'll be out for like five weeks, but I can yeah. fight. I can fight in September. He was mad that the UFC didn't give him a title shot, but it's like, how? You have a major surgery every other month. And the weird I thing is, apparently, he's been promised a title shot if he wins. FYI. Why? Because he's Chris Weidman. Because it's like, but the, when are they trying to book Gasoline Whitaker? February. Yeah. Uh, well, that gives him enough time to get hurt and then heal back up. So. <laughs> February. That yeah. even makes me want to root for Jacare even more. I'm sorry, I don't want to see Wadman in a in a title fight. Well, because if you think I about, mean, if, if you think about it that way, Jacare yeah. gonna be a title fight. And Whitaker already put it on him pretty badly, and I don't want to see that again either. That is true. Whitaker's yeah. run through this division. I think Wadman's all that's left. I mean, well, apparently, t- uh, apparently Rockhold uh, MIA forever. Uh, the, 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 the style bender's trying to he's trying to campaign. Oh yeah, he's we have to throw his we do have Adesad. Yeah, he, he's he's trying to get that fight. And David Branch, I would I can't can't not mention him. Mm. He's the goat. The fact that they went with Jack Ray over David uh, with Dave, over Dave Branch is just like. Yeah, I feel like those fights sort of flip flop. Are you sure about that? Because nobody knows who David Branch is. Everybody uh, knows who David. No, I know who knows. David Branch is. <laughs> Get out of here, David. If Branch, they don't know, I will. David I will Branch let them know who Drew David Branch Rumble. is. Never forget that. All right, once upon a time, that was Jessica Aguilar, by the way. I just want to point out. What? I think she was like Comain. Yeah, she didn't matter. How dare exactly. we know who they? We know who they were tuned in for. Well, well, if if Jessica Aguilar doesn't matter, then let's just get rid of all the women's divisions. We've agreed, right? <laughs> I mean, we're, 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 let's be real. Let's just keep lightweight and get rid of everybody else. Everybody else. I had that thought while I was rewatching. Um... <laughs> well, no, because we like the... we need we need the weight classes from like we need all of those like bad weight classes as examples of what happens when you just decide like I'm not gonna cut this fucking weight anymore. Like you're gonna be fine. <laughs> You're gonna be look at Jorge Masvidal. He could probably be successful at 185. 
with no weight, just just eating. Didn't he beat a one eighty five in his one seventy debut? Yeah, Cesar Mutante. <laughs> I'm saying like we need those weight classes to prove why weight class why weight cuts are bad. Oh man, I think I had that thought when I was watching the prelim fight. What was it the the Don Madge and uh the T uh, T Edwards fight? I was like, these guys aren't even like top fifty, and they're still like pretty good. I was like, I could just watch a whole card of nothing but this, and I'd be completely okay with it. Like, you don't even have to acknowledge the other division. You gotta be... work to make a bad fight at a 135 to 155. Yeah. Like, actively come up with the idea that I'm gonna make the worst fucking fight possible. <laughs> oh, man. But uh... Or just book Darren Elkins. That's, that's, that's the ultimate way around it. Can't even say that because Elkins fights are good too. So like, yeah, yeah it's like impossible. Yeah. He, he's come around. Can he's you pick around. one one forty five or who you're like? Oh, I don't want to see that guy. Um, what's his face? Uh, um, I don't think he's in the UFC anymore. Hakran Diaz. He's he's yeah he's gone. Yeah, like, it would have probably been him, but like I'm looking at toward toward the, toward the now, latter like, end of his UFC stint. Uh, Hioki was becoming that guy for me. How he you hurt? He hurt, he, he hurt me so many times. Like they're yeah, I'm always guy. down for a Kawajiri fight, though. I don't know. Uh, I don't know about that. I'm down for a Kawajiri. I, I know it might hurt me, but I'm gonna watch it in that small hope that like like even even bad 135 pound fights are moderately enjoyable because they do so much while being bad. Like there's something always happening. So it, Ronnie Yaya was like the most boring 135. Now he's a finish machine. So everything's coming up right in that division. Or you can watch Sam Alby fight 20 times. Now that you bring stuff up like that, this this card is making me think about a lot now. <laughs> you know what? I gotta be quiet. I, I'll wait until. No, I had some thoughts the, too. There is, I had some moments. The, the John Vellante Ed Herman fight gave me so many questions. <laughs> Were they like, "How is Ed Herman an athlete?" Was that? <laughs> I don't mean to be negative to Ed Herman because he probably won that fight, but like, he was moving in like TiVo slow motion. I, I was just watching that fight, and I was like, how is it that, like, flyweights and, and other divisions get booed, but you guys aren't... Like, I don't... People weren't, like, over the hill for this fight. Because they were still hitting each other. <laughs> they, were slow, they were too slow to move out of the way. <laughs> <It was> just, <laughs> that's like I said when I was watching the card. I'm like, there's a noise level for bad, light heavyweight fights that is... You can't compare it to anything else in the... Like, they'll boo or woo during bad fights, but when there's a bad light heavyweight fight, it's like, what the fuck's even going on? <laughs> it's just this murmur of, like, like they're seeing an execution. Because they think it's, like, two guys who hopped out the crowd and are just fighting yes. in the cage. <laughs> Ed <laughs> threw a hook that was so slow and, like, round that he almost, he almost circled the globe on the come around on it. <laughs> Oh man! And then John Volante was just like, I, I, I don't got anything left. Like he's, he's, John Volante needs to be in one of those one round bare knuckle fights. <laughs> yes, God. like that, that's it. That's he's calling. Like, because, because when it gets to the second round, it's, it's, it's grueling for the viewer, for him. Uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. We got a, <laughs> a lot of worked up emotion. Yeah. I promised yeah. Joey that we would talk about this fight for at least 30 minutes. So. <laughs> I can't talk about it. I don't actually talk about it all day. <laughs> the fight lasted give you a... 30 minutes. It did. It definitely did. Um, but before we uh we, we get to uh 
the mounting card. Uh, we have to talk about the elephant in the room that happened uh, during these last couple days. Uh, we, got, we got trades in MMA now. That's the thing. Um, I mean, it wasn't like in a, a real trade in every sense of the word, but it, it was a swap of, of sorts. Um, Mighty Mouse, he's out of here. He's uh, he's gone. He's uh, you know, he only was the greatest flyweight ever. Y'all are gonna hear me defend Mighty Mouse a lot in this podcast, and it's gonna be really weird because I'm not a Mighty Mouse fan. So, so now I'm gonna have to bash him like the next four episodes to to make up for this, but. He's out of here. He's going to one championship. In exchange, the UFC gets Ben Askren. Um, when this headline first... I think this, I was at work when I saw this. And it was so bizarre that I believed it. Like, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> like, MMA is just one of those sports that's so out of control that when things like this pop up, I'm like, this, this probably is true. I don't know why it's true, but... I'll, I'll be willing to bet you that somehow this is true. And sure enough, it, it popped up on... Um, I saw a headline somewhere, then I started scrolling my Twitter feed, and it just started seeming more and more credible. And then articles started popping up. And I was like, oh, I guess this is actually... This is a real thing. Um, where, where do I start with this? Um, my immediate reaction when it first happened was, why, why are we doing this? And I, I sort of still feel that way now, but now that I've a few days have passed, I've gotten a chance to sit on it. Um, I've managed to, I, I think, draw a, a few positives for Mighty Mouse. I don't know about many. There are some potential positives for the UFC, but I don't think it's that many, to be honest. Um, if I was to grade this trade like you would in like the NFL or NBA, um, I think one definitely got the better end of the stick. Um, a, a few years ago, maybe this would have made sense, but Ben Askren's what thirty four now. Yep. Um, his best and friend, I, I, not his best friend, his training partner is also the champion. Yeah, like if if I had a lot of questions about this too. So like people, th- this is where I defend Mighty Mouse, and I hate that I'm doing this, but I have to do it because it's true. So like people called Mighty Mouse boring and whatever you want to call flyweights because nobody likes the little guys um so we trade mighty mouse for askren and i'm not sure how many of you have watched an askren fight um and this is not to dump on him i mean he's beaten some of my favorite bellator fighters in pretty dominant fashion so i can't really hate on the guy but i mean if we're going by you know exciting fighters ben askren is not anywhere near the top of that list so I'm just I'm looking at this trade just from like a strictly entertainment standpoint, and I'm like I don't get how. I don't think people are gonna I don't know I I, I don't see Ben Askren coming to the UFC and gaining gaining a flock of fans, um. Unless he has changed his style, which I'm pretty sure he hasn't. With, with Askren, you kind of know what you're gonna get. So I just I I don't really see what. I just I don't I want to know like what made the UFC pull the trigger on this like why was Askren well I mean I don't know how who else you would get from one but it's like do you, do you think Askren is gonna beat Woodley do we I don't think Askren's gonna beat Woodley I think Askren's I could be right Woodley <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not sure I, I think Askren would still be like a top or, or deserving of like a top ten welterweight fight um I think now actually. 
now might have been a better time for him to come over. A lot of welterweight now, is, you know, guys are getting older. Um, you know, we got dudes like Till who aren't even at welterweight anymore. It's kind of a disarray at the top of that division. So now probably was the perfect time for him to come over. But I just, I don't see him making a huge splash. Like, honestly, depending on the matchups they give him, I could honestly see him possibly losing his first fight, depending on who he gets. I know it was years ago, but, you know, as dominant as Askren has been, this is a guy who tied with, no, he had a split win over Jay Haran that you could argue that he lost. The Luis Santos fight that he had and won, what wasn't one of his better fights. And I don't know. I, I don't know how this is. For the UFC, I don't see this being like, I don't think you get much from this. I, I don't see this being like a huge shakeup that we all should really be that crazy about. Hmm. I, I don't know. Um, but on Mighty Mouse's end, though, I, I think it's a, a good move. Um, we, we've all known for a while, I think, how like the general public seems to feel about flyweight. Um, and if anything, <laughs> I, I do think this is going to be the, the nail in the coffin for that division. I... I I feel like this is, the flyweight will not be around for much longer. And if it's any sort of consolation, at least before they axed the division, they gave you an out. Like, you know, we'll send you over here. You, you'll, you know, you'll still be able to fight somewhere. It just won't be here. And But if, if I'm at the other flyweights, I'm probably looking around. I'm not feeling too good about my job security right now. But, um, you know, he can go to, Mighty Mouse can go to one. I think he'll be at least by the fans, much more appreciated over there. Um, in terms of fights, I'm not sure. I mean, there are a couple of fights over there for him. I think he wins all of them pretty easily. So I'm not sure, like, what the end goal for one is. But, you know, new start, new fan base. Pretty sure he'll be much more appreciated over there. Hopefully compensated pretty well. We, we had a nice one championship uh, financial discussion earlier before the recording. <laughs> but, so that article um, came out in the last two weeks too <laughs> so you know ho hopefully he's being well hopefully he'll be well taken care of but um i, I think in all in all it'll be good for him like you it, it kind of sucks because you you were the most dominant flyweight champ arguably the greatest fighter who like ever walked the earth and it seems like the first chance the ufc got to get rid of you they just they quickly pulled the trigger like, you didn't even get a chance to rematch Cejudo in a fight that was razor close. That, as a fan, I definitely wanted to see them run that back again for a trilogy. And that's just never going to, most likely, that's never going to happen. But, you know, so at least you're going, hopefully, to an organization that will probably appreciate you a bit more. Fan base will appreciate you, a bit, appreciate you a bit more. And, you know, also with, like, the gaming stuff he does. I don't know. He might, I feel like there could be just new opportunities over there for him that could potentially work out for him in the long run. So, in that way, it's good. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It it, it kind of sucks, but I guess it kind of kind of just is what it is. They they didn't really treat him well while he was here, so you know, why not go to somewhere where you'll probably be appreciated more and, you know, fans will like you. Think, things just might work out over there, and you'll probably win that belt too. So, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll have that notch on your belt. Um, I'm not too crazy about the Askren sounding though. Couple couple years too late for me. Yeah. But uh, how how did how did you guys feel about it? Go ahead, Jay. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, 
You know, it's it's when 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 I first heard the news, I was I was more bummed, not even for Mighty Mouse or for Askren, but if you're getting rid of the former champion, probably doesn't mean good things for the division. So I started thinking about guys like uh, Alejandro Pantoja, who's on a winning streak, or you know, Juice Formiga's been in this division since the beginning. He's always gotten close, but never could solidify a title shot. He comes off the biggest win of his career over Sergio Pettis, and he might not have a job. You know, he might not. He'll be given the opportunity probably to compete at 135, but that's still kind of a bummer. So I was just thinking about the division, where where the UFC went wrong, where there were just some things that they weren't going to be able to fix. And then after a few days, it kind of settled in, and just when it became official yesterday, it was like, my first thought was this is kind of like a prisoner exchange. The UFC is getting somebody who was run out of the United States, basically. Uh, as Anna Cole pointed out, Bellator was, they let him go. You know, they were going to let him go to try other other venues. And, and from what I had heard, Joe Silva had no interest in him. He met with the UFC and, and there was just no interest from Joe Silva. So they never really pursued anything. And then he began this war with Dana and he never wound up in World Series of Fighting. He wound up in 1FC, which... Good for him. He got to compete, dominant, be the guy that he is. And now they're getting him much older. I don't think the hype is as strong. I don't necessarily know if his fighting style is going to be appreciated. And I I can't remember if this is 100% accurate, but I believe he also had some concerns with weight cutting related to 1FC's more stringent weight cut policy. So now I'm concerned what weight class is he going to fight at? Because if he's not going to fight at 170, well, what does he have at 185? And if you're making a 165-pound class, is Ben Askren the kind of guy you want to headline that division? Probably not. He's not really that kind of fighter. So what are you going to do with him? You gave up Mighty Mouse to get Ben Askren, which almost feels like you're getting him just to kind of... It almost feels like they got him to checkmark something off of the we've-never-done-before list. Like... That's right. kind of how I feel about Fedor. Like, they wanted him. They may not even have plans for him, but they just want him so that they can say that they got him. Just because that's one of the fish that got away, so to speak. So what are you going to do with Askren? You're going to have him fight Colby Covington. You know, he's not going to fight Woodley, but keep, keep him away from the action fighters at 170. And does he become like a John Fitch? Is he like your new hitman? Is he the guy you send out to fight the guys you have issues with? Is he your 165 star? Are you going to try him at 185? Like, I don't know what the Askren plan is. Mighty Mouse, you can just send out there to fight, especially in that market, because there's not going to be a big concern about his height or his weight. So it's a, for me, it's a better deal for one, but for the UFC, they may just have been tired of Demetrius Johnson. And the Anticle pointed this out the last time I was on here, or around the last time I was on here. Mighty Mouse is breaking down. You know, he, he's had a lot of injuries recently. So what if if his whole if the whole point of having Demetrius Johnson was his durability and the fact that three times out of the year he can headline a show for you, what is he worth if you can't count on that anymore? And he's already become kind of a problem for you. Like, what do you do then? So I almost feel like these were two problems for two different organizations who just decided to swap problems. I think Mighty Mouse will be fine. I think Askren will be successful whatever role they find him in. But if I'm the UFC, and I mapped it out earlier, 504 fights next year. If you're trading the second, you're not, he's the second best in theory because Tejudo's the champion. 
But in reality, Mighty Mouse is the greatest flyweight ever. So if you're trading him away, you're probably ditching this division, which means you have to make up 42 fights. Where? Where, and, and, and not just where, but for the quality. Maybe you didn't like flyweight, but they were quality fights. They may have been a little dull for you, but those are still quality contests. I don't want to see 42 extra fights of what we got at Moncton relating to 185 and 205 or relating to some of the lower level heavyweight fights. No disrespect to Rashad Coulter, but I'd rather watch Ray Borg than Rashad Coulter fight. So what are you going to give me in exchange for that? And I know I'm in the minority, but you're selling a, a niche tier streaming service program where the minority is going to count a little bit more because we're going to be willing to pay the money for it. So for me, I just want to know what the plan is going forward for 125. If you're going to keep this division and just let Mighty Mouse go, then I'm okay with it. But if this is going to lead to 125 going away, you're going to have to come up with a way to convince me that that's a good move relative to your schedule because I'm the consumer. <clears throat> so I just want to see what they do with these fights. If, if, if we're going to start losing flyweights, you better start adding somewhere else where you have some good talent because, again, I don't want to see more... I don't need to see extra light heavyweight and women's bantamweight fights. So I'm in wait and see mode. I'm a little bit more calm. But what they do going forward, and, and another thing is, they've still got like five or six flyweight fights scheduled for the year. So what do those fights even mean now? If there's no division, like, are these guys literally fighting for their jobs? It's a weird... Yeah, uh, Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like if... Um... I I haven't really looked up on it lately, but if um, I feel like if the Cejudo and uh, uh, TJ fight happens, I think I think that's a bad sign for everybody else. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. I think that that could be like the final. And then now you thought about, it, I didn't even think about that. Like guys like Davidson Figueroa who have late have been on a tear. Yeah, like you so just start like, thinking of all those like the even the John Moragas who give you four good fights every year. Like, what are those guys gonna do now? Because we can lie to ourselves and say that they can go overseas, but like, you're going to release a mass exodus of 125ers. They're not all going to find places that are going to pay them big money. Yeah, some of them are just... Like I told... Nation. Yeah. Like I told... Yeah, it's, like, oh, no, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like, like I told Anicool, until I see a flyweight fight booked into 2019, I'm going to be concerned. But I'm willing to be patient. So let's see what happens. Go ahead, Anakul. 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33. There are 33, according to Wikipedia, which God knows if that's a reliable source. There are currently 33, um, bandwidths on, uh, not bandwidths, five on roster, right? Um, just, just like really closely glossing over the list. I, I, I think the UFC probably keeps half of them at bantamweight. And you just get rid of the rest of them. Like, you know, Joseph Benavidez, Sergio Pettis is already going back up. Um, like, I'm sure John Moraga and uh, and Henry Cejudo's angling for a bantamweight title shot. Like, I'm sure these dudes are bad jobs. Um, like, I, I don't know about your guys who've never fought 135 before. But, yeah, no, um... I'm more calmer than I thought I'd be, really. Um, but the UFC traded away 
one of the top three fighters in the history of the sport, because he was unpopular, for a man who got chased out the fucking country. <laughs> <laughs> Because he was so boring fighting. Not, like, not bad fighters, but okay-ish fighters? Can I expand on that for you? Just to further prove your point? Yes. He was fighting. Not only was he booed, he was the American fighting the foreign guys. Booed. In America. In, like, the heartland of the country. So in, pla- in places like, you know, because Bellator runs those like Thackerville and so like, I don't His know. If last fight where, where he battered the shit out of Koreshkov and still got the crab boot out of him was in New Mexico. All I remember is the Amasu fight. Oh my Ooh. God. Which was, yeah, he, which he was in Oklahoma. The wrestler in Oklahoma was booed. Fighting the black Frenchman. <laughs> kind of crazy, because I remember that being one of his uh, more impressive, no, he's, impressive he's, fights. I'm assuming. Wikipedia never lies. He is French. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I that's... like. he's, he's, he's going to be fine. No matter who he fights, he'll be fine. But they gave up the opportunity to have a three-time headliner for a guy who... What is what pay per view can Ashkin sell? He's never sold. Yeah, that, I th- I think that's just the whole that's the whole thing with this. It's just like for the UFC, I don't get what you, I don't understand what you really got from this, other than just another name. Like, but <laughs> like you didn't, Ashkin's not shaking up any headlines. No, no, nobody's. No, no, nobody's uh you know breaking their neck to to pay sixty dollars to see him on a pay per view. I, I don't think. So it's just like, what did you really do? What 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 did we really get there? What what did we really gain from this? Like I don't I don't know what the end game is. Good good on Askren. You know you get to extend your career. You can end those what if questions. Finally, you know how would he be in the UFC? Now he can, you know we'll we'll find out. But so for for Askren is cool. But for the UFC, I just I don't. I don't know what your end game is here. I feel like this could. Uh, imagine if Ashton comes over and he loses like his first two fights. You know. You, you, I, I don't know. I don't know. This. Oh my God. I, I can't. I can't get past this. You lose the away. One of the three best fighters of all time. For a man whose best win is Jay Haran, like seven years ago. Now, does it does it matter that Mighty Mouse apparently wanted to be let go? I mean, if we're being real here, no, because like, how many other fighters on the UFC roster are constantly begging to be let fair go? point? Fair point. Fair point. Like, it, it, the only way it makes sense is that they're just getting rid of the division with success. Because, like you said, I don't want to watch the number fifty light heavyweight in the world fight the number fifty three light heavyweight in the world. That sounds like yeah, torture. Need that. <laughs> Yeah, we we don't need that, and that that could mean like <laughs> we'll get more tough seasons of light heavyweight and heavyweight because we just need more people to fill up slots, and they just need to find more new talent, and none of us need to be subjected to that. Because you know, like the logical thing is, oh, they have like even if they get rid of fly, uh, flyweight, they have like five hundred and seventy fighters on roster, and that's if they get rid of all the fighters. 
but the UFC is so bad at managing their own roster. They don't know who they have until they actually like call up Sean Shelby and like, hey, I haven't gotten a fight offer in like twelve months. Like, what's the deal? So like, they're just gonna sign more guys. Unless the unless the game plan is to, I guess unless the game plan is to come up with a one sixty five and then just start splitting people up or. You know, and, and it's like uh, I'm thinking about it now, and, it, and and you were reading up the numbers. And let's say they take 16 flyweights and put them into bantamweight. Now you've overloaded bantamweight. So really good bantamweights are going to start getting cut off. Because in theory, every, every every division has a cap, and you have to imagine that bantamweight has a specific cap that they've set for it. So if you add 16 fighters who may not belong in that division. Now dudes are going to start getting wiped out. And you're going to start losing more talent for, you know, reshuffling purposes. My head hurts. I I, I thought I was calm about this, but like... It's a prisoner exchange. It is a prisoner exchange. They just did not want Mighty Mouse. They didn't want him, so fine. And you know what I think happens to Ben Askren? I think we get like the the old Joe Silva matchmaking, where like where Joe Silva is like, oh, this guy wants to be like a smartass, or he wants to talk back, or he doesn't want to take the fight I want to give him, so I'm just gonna match him up with the hardest fucking matchup possible, and make him look bad. And I think oh, yeah. why, I think that's 100 percent why Dana got Ben Askren, just to shut him up. But who's a tough tight? Who's a tough tight? Who's a tough fight for Ben Askren? Anybody like. I'm assuming just any wrestler who's younger than he is, because like he he's like thirty. Like I, yeah, I know how I feel about Colby Covington, but like, I think Colby Covington washes him. Really? Yes. Well, did you see he tried to bait Colby Covington into like an exchange, and Covington was just like, "Dude, I'm gonna fight for the title. <laughs> I have time for you." I thought about that matchup too. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I could see Kobe winning that fight. I won't say he washes him though. I mean, he, Kobe, he washes him the way Kobe Covington washes opponents. Like, it, it, he's not going to go out there and knock Ben Askren out. Yeah, Usman. I think Usman could wash him. I'm just trying to think of fights for this guy. Like, I, I don't have anything that I want to. Like, maybe Damian Maya, yeah. but like, and that's the thing. Like, that's why this move, this move. I wanted to see this. I wanted to see Askren in the UFC during the time when like Robbie was on his streak and Hendrix was on his streak, like that, that that run. Because I feel like there were more matchups for Askren around that time. Now it's just kind of like a lot of old guys and other matchups that just don't really seem eye pleasing. (laughs) 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 Matchups that people are definitely gonna boo. I just I can feel it already. People are not gonna want to see these on their TV screen. Like I, I I can feel it. But I I, I would like a I would like the yeah I, I wouldn't mind the Usman fight. Um, I think that would tell us a lot. I, I feel like if if he fights Usman, he doesn't get past that. You know. And that's the thing though. He's not gonna get any better. Right. Yeah. Right. At this point, Askren, like if if for guys, if you haven't watched Askren fight. Um, imagine a very strong, Lincoln. yeah, 
<laughs> he, he's like I'm trying. I'm trying to think of somebody else to compare him to. He, he's like a he's like a really strong a, a stronger John Fitch, but worse striking. With better hair. Fair. Debatable. Really. <laughs> really. <laughs> Like, oh, I wanna, if I wanna you've never seen, there. if you've never seen Ben Askren, like, like, here's the thing. I actually do enjoy watching Ben Askren fight. Like, I, I, I like, I actually enjoyed watching him rack up like a 280 to three strike differential beats uh, against Koroshkov. Like, like some of the stuff he does. Like, I, I went back when I was training. I would try to do it myself, like in grappling class, like. But this move makes no sense to me. So you would get on a guy's back and pretend to ride him like a horse while making the plasma yes. motion. I see. Well, no. Well, oh God, what was the? What How was long the were you at that gym? May I still ask? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, like I really do enjoy. Like I enjoy his style of wrestling and everything. But like, if 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 the UFC wants to talk about like, okay, no one likes flyweight. Bastion got booed out the country. At a time when the UFC was starting to put on like 50 shows a year. <laughs> and they needed every warm body they could get. Joe Silva didn't want him. Yeah. And I was just, just to compare, I was thinking maybe he could go to 185. So I was comparing him to Whitaker. Uh, he's two inches shorter than Robert Whitaker and two and a half inch less arm reach, so... And he's not the like he's a tremendous athlete, but it's like a different. He has a different makeup than Whitaker. And those Whitaker, wrestlers age quick. Yeah. I think I think Meltzer said thirty five is when the when they hit the wall. So he's thirty four now. Yeah. And he's Do only going to fight I... like once before he turns thirty five, because he turns thirty five in July. Right. Do you do Maya? Just be like, here, here you go, wrestling fans. Like, I, that, that's optimum scenario for me because, like, I, I that's a fight I really want to see or wanted to see like four years ago. But like, I think you gotta. I think when you get him because of his age, you kind of just need to run it. I think you have to run him through the gauntlet. You don't have time for like. You can't take any quote unquote like gimme fights. You have to just give him. Yeah, give, give him like Maya off rip. Usman, somebody up there. Like you have to throw him in the top now. You can't make this trade and then bury him fighting, you know, some Joe Schmo welterweight. But you gotta have him fight Mike Perry. I wouldn't be mad at It's a shame because I think they could have done him versus Rory, and that would have been really interesting. That would have got some eyeballs. But like, I was like one of those people who was like, "Yeah, I want to see Baskin versus GSP." Why? But back then. Like I wanted to see Askren and Hendrick. That that was the fight that I wanted to see. I've that. never said I want to see a Ben Askren fight. Period. Yeah, so like, maybe I'm not the market for him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Like, fair, like I said, like it's not. No, fair. it's understandable. Like, it's understandable. I'm just trying to like say I, I, I like Ben. I, I don't like Ben Askren the person. I can the fighter. Like, I, like I think he has a unique style. Like, but if we're talking just like public perception, again, man got booed out the country. And I was yeah. looking to see if he fought in he fought in China because they want to do China two times a year. He does have one headliner in China. Is so. that the one that failed? 
like where they were trying to get into mainland China, they couldn't do it. We're not looking for context here, sir. We're just <laughs> looking for context. <laughs> Shanghai. Apparently, it was in Shanghai, so he got uh, there. Okay. Okay. How dare you? Apologize to Mister Askridden for his. Does he still get to keep his like desk job or whatever? Because he, he they, that was part of his like deal, right? Retirement, right? Yeah. He, he's like, when I retire, they're gonna give me a job. Those post-job MMA retirement, those uh, post-retirement jobs, man, they they come and go quickly. No, Maybe that's no, why that's why they were so like open to the trade. They're like, we don't pay this no. motherfucker. They they, <laughs> they 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 white box his office the second that headline came out. They cleaned that desk off so quick. We sold fifty two hundred <laughs> pay per views all of last year. Why are we paying this man? <laughs> Oh man! And I but, think yeah, one twenty-five's got a chance. No. For me, it just like I said, it depends on that next Cejudo matchup. Cause my 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 only the the slight optimist in me wanted to say like, well, I I feel like they wanted Cejudo to be flyweight champ all this time, and now he is. But if they're gonna make the Cejudo and um, TJ fight, I don't think there's no there's there's not any looking back now at that point. Um. How angry do you I think Cejudo's going to be when he loses to TJ and then they take his belt and he doesn't get his, like, championship money anymore? I mean, I feel like at this point, if you're a UFC fighter, if you're just observant of your surroundings, you just need to know that, that any day, it might just go south. So, <laughs> like, do, do your money fights while you can. get the, do, do the big fights while you can get them because... At, at this point, man, if if you trade away Mighty Mouse, nobody's safe now. I I would I would I would I would caution that just by saying that it depends on who you are, because that is true. I think that is true. Mighty Mouse and I guess you can kind of say Tyron Woodley and Stipe Mirchich. Those are the three guys. Like I think that they would be like, you want them? What do you want for them? You know what I mean? Like, I think, think trade-wise. Because I think that they're at the point where they're going to make money regardless. Like, Anikul was talking about it. They they just need content. They don't even need guys. Like, they don't need stars. And that's what blows my mind. That's the thing. They don't need major stars unless they're going to sell you for a major pay-per-view. So a lot of these guys, I wonder if they're like, if you're going to be a headache, you know, vaya con Dios. And, so, and Mighty Mouse wanted out. I don't know if anybody else would be willing to, like, I'm going to go fight at 1FC. One championship. I, I mean, I can't even blame him at this point. He, he accomplished everything you could like 11 times over. That's a and good point. I'm, I'm not all for... I mean, if a fighter wants to go up a weight class, I'm, I'm never going to say no. Like, don't do that. But I'm also like not really going to scold you if you don't. It's just kind of like, you know, if, if you don't want to, cool. I... I I can't be mad at you that you've won 11 times over in your division. Like, I'm, I'm not going to scold you for not going up for a quote-unquote tougher challenge, you know. Did Dillashaw end his end his career? End his UFC career? Because remember, they wanted him to fight TJ at 125, and he said no. So did that lack of the quote-unquote money fight for them pull the plug on him? Uh, it might have it played a part. But I feel like, I feel like regardless, somehow they would have. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah, if it wasn't that, that, that might have played a part in the, in it though. Like I, I feel like that could have been an extra, that could have been like an extra talking point at the meeting table. 
like, listen, we can, you know, you don't have to leave. We don't have to get rid of you. Like, if you just take this fight, so on and so forth, and maybe he just wasn't with it. And that could have played a part. But I think they would have found a way to... That division might have been doomed anyway. Some some way or another. If it wasn't this trade, some, something else crazy would have happened. And But I don't know. I, I hope... it. I, I I hope those guys can stay around, but if I'm being realistic, I don't think they will. But just for job sakes, for you know, cause these, these you know these are people who have families and absolutely. Like one of the first people I thought about was Ray Borg. You know, he, he's right, he's like, going through a whole lot, and you know, while he's with while his son is fighting this serious illness, he he could lose his job for no other reason than how much he weighs. It's a very scary thing. Right. Like, so you just, you hope, you hope these guys can, can stick around and oh, hopefully this can be salvaged somehow, but uh, uh, it's, it's not looking too good, but we'll, 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 we'll keep an eye on that. We'll, we'll see how this whole, uh, situation turns out. I'm interested to see that first Askren headline when they announce his first matchup. Goodness, um, goodness <laughs> you bring him in, he's got to, like, headline something, right? Like, he can't be the cold Yeah, guy. like, you have to. You have to. Headline you on ESPN, to. for sure. Let's go. ESPN would be like, what the <laughs> fuck are you people doing? You, you've been plugging this ESPN. <laughs> I mean, he could headline ESPN+. Plus. People are used to paying for his fights. I mean, like, that's... Are they? Because apparently nobody in did. Theory, in theory. <laughs> in theorem. So are we done talking this trade? Can I, can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Where, where you are Scott Coker. What are you willing to give up for Nate Diaz? Um. He get and he guarantees you at least one fight. Uh, Got to be a deal the UFC wants too. Um. Lima and Koroshkov. <laughs> I was thinking of being petty. I'm going to trade you back fighters you already had. Ryan <laughs> Bader and Phil Davis. <laughs> Take Phil Davis. Well, I think and... I got a trade that might work for both parties. It'll never happen because they kind of can't do trades if you're in the middle of an antitrust lawsuit. But um, the UFC will give up Nate Diaz. And Bellator gives up Fedor and the Pitbull Brothers. Mm. UFC is getting two. Re- I mean, the Patricio and Patricio are good fighters. They've had their issues with Bellator, and the UFC gets to check mark Fedor off their magical list, and Bellator gets the biggest. That's the biggest star in the deal. And then Fedor decides, you know, fuck you guys. I'm going to go back to fighting at Fight Night's Global in Russia. Well, no, they're going to co-promote. Yeah. They'll do M1, M1 and UFC present Fedor versus... Uh... I don't think he's with, like, the guy who runs M1 anymore. Well, let's pretend. Pretend. <laughs> Nate Nate cusses out Coker week two, and then his main event gets pulled. <laughs> he never... He just never fights. What, what was Nick's re- like relationship with Scott? I think they had... Well, Nick... Yeah, I remember around the daily fight, like the only time I've ever seen Scott Coker ever get like snippy with a fighter was Nate, Nick, because I think Nick said he was like underpaid and he couldn't afford like a car or something along those lines. And Scott was like, "Listen, he can afford any car he wants, you know, like <laughs> like we do a lot for him." So I think that was the only time I ever remember there being an issue. Because Nate's not going to fight in the UFC ever again, I don't think. but I do think he would fight elsewhere. 
So if I'm the UFC, I'm calling her out. The prisoner exchange program is open. I'm going to send them the Ryzen. <laughs> hmm? Send them the Ryzen. Well, who are they going to... Who, who? I don't even know who fights Horizon. Reyna? You can get, uh, you can get um, Reyna. Uh, what's her face? Um, Bob Sapp. Bo- you can get Bob, Bob Sapp. There you go. Is Satoshi Ishii still fighting? Uh, I don't think he fights for Ryzen. He fights for uh, Minoki. Oh, man. What's what's Manoa doing? Uh, he's currently wrestling, I think. Oh, man. I was going to see you can get that one Gracie who hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say he, they could get Manoa. He would probably be like a top 15 light heavyweight at this point in this division. Because <laughs> who's he going to fight? Like he's going to fight Ed Herman? Who? Oh. Manoa. Oh, Lord. He fight Ed- Nate. No, Nate versus Ed Herman would be probably not what you think it would be. I was gonna say Nate could fight Darren Crookshank. <laughs> I'm looking up. They can get Mirko back. Are you still suspended or does that matter? Yeah, what does that matter these days? Uh, Warren Relgic. Hmm. Well. We'll, we'll we'll see how that all works. That that would be funny if this opens up like a trade floodgate. But my only worry, like, uh. long term, is that that it turns into the you're not popular, we don't want you kind of. Yeah. I don't want them to trade off unpopular fighters just because. Now, see, I, I was gonna say, I feel like some of these guys won't even get traded. That at some point they'll just be like, listen, man, <laughs> we don't care about we don't care about your record. We don't care about how many title defenses you have. Clear your office out on Wednesday. You're out of here. Right. Downside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're, we're downside. Eventually, that like not to get too far off happen like eventually, right? Like, there's, there's, like eventually, the whole just like we need as much contact as possible thing will implode in on itself, right? No. You not don't think so? Not with this organization. They run like the yeah, they run like the they stole the WWE business model. It would take like a catastrophe for it to fall apart, which is always possible. But like, you have to be really bad to fuck up what you've got, and they've obviously got a lot. Yeah. Like they're running a forty yard dash, and they started halfway. Mm-hmm. They might trip. It's always possible. It's, look, by the time that they start falling apart, we will all be dust. Okay. Yeah, uh, b- barring any just like scandal or something wild, they 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 should be okay. They they should be okay. E- e- ESPN extends the, you know, I think that extends their life. I, d- I do hope they come up with some new. You know, that's that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> what? I'll leave it. I feel like they need, like, a new, I don't know the word, like, business model, I guess? Well, they do. They they were like pay-per-view, they... and now they're streaming. That's their, their change. They went to guaranteed money. Like, it's hard to fuck up guaranteed money. That is true. That is true. You think ESPN's going to be selling ad space on ESPN Plus? Who knows? They've because already I, got a million wanna, subscribers. I, I don't want to be, you know, paying $5 a month so I can freaking... Sit there and watch a UFC mocked in on ESPN Plus. I have to sit through the same amount of advertising I saw on TV. No, no, no. Apparently, they're gonna. From what I've read, and this is of course rumor and conjecture, but 
it's going to be like Fight Pass. So you will probably get a prelim card with no advertisements, and then the main card will probably have like a few here or there. Are they going to be for upcoming UFC shows? Absolutely. Like... <laughs> or upcoming ESPN Plus. So if you want to you want to catch up on your esports, you're going to be yeah your League of legends you're gonna be a-okay there we go my international oh. watch tournaments yeah where's that this is a billion dollar business that's on the same network as esports the fastest growing sport in the world uh all right it doesn't sound like chainsaw to me but <laughs> i'm gonna get some esport dude up my ass now about this i'm just saying they will be sharing office space with, like, the MLB games that no network wants, NHL games that no network wants, and some other stuff. The Fun Mac time. 10. The Mac. Which is fine. Hey, look, they want to make money. It's all good. Booming esports industry here. hit $138 billion in 2018. Fake numbers. <laughs> <laughs> fake, fake news. You show me, compare that to what the Chainsaw League does. <laughs> like the Chainsaw League, like your prize is like just like free beer for like a week. Out there. <laughs> Those are real athletes. <laughs> There's a dude in the oh, Chainsaw man. League who I'm 99% sure could beat uh, some of the heavyweights in the UFC. Just on virtue of the fact that he he looks like Alexi Olenek and moves like Alexi Olenek. So I'm thinking with like a with like three weeks of training. Are you sure it's not Alexi Olenek? It could be Alexi Olenek. <laughs> right. I'm not on here to diss Alexi Olenek, all right? I mean, none of us are. Nice man. Uh, we'll let him live. We'll let him nice, live. nice, gentle, gentleman. Let's, uh, let's move on to this card, shall we? Um, Jesus Christ, this card was wrong. It was. What was it? I wish, like, Wiki had, like, a run time. Seven years. Oh. <laughs> but, if you um, take out, anywho. like, two fights, though, it wasn't that long. But those two fights felt like three years. I think for me, like, it, it didn't feel long when I watched it in real time. But when I rewatched it this morning, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this... I It, it was a struggle to rewatch. Yeah, why, why was it a part, part fight, fight card? Yeah. Just... This, this this didn't need to be that long. I feel like we say that about every card, but it's true. Well, every card. they don't. I, need to I guess be. if you're being honest, they're gonna cut it down to twelve, so there go all your flyweight fights. Hmm. Oh lord, it's all coming together. There now. you go. I just mapped it out for you. <laughs> there go all your flyweight fights. Uh, but and, and anywho, you go see Moncton went down this weekend, headlined by Volkan Uzdemir and Anthony Smith. Um. We'll just uh we'll just jump right into it. So um, I'm not gonna lie, I was salty at the end of the fight. I'll throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Because I feel like most of the fights on this card were rage inducing for various reasons. Yeah, the, the this this Vulcan fight I, I felt I felt some kind of way. Like when I rewatched this this morning, even going into the fight, I'm I'm looking at skill sets and, you know, records and all that good stuff and i'm just like there's no reason vulcan shouldn't win this fight he has a skill set he's a bit more polished than 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 uh than smith he he definitely hits hard like he's a bit more technical i'm like i don't see why he doesn't win this but i have to also keep in mind this is 205 and at 205 205 things happen 
and I think this was just one of those fights <laughs> <laughs> where two or five things just transpired. Like, Vulcan started off pretty good. He, you know, he had, had Smith pretty much playing the outside the entire time. He was landing good combinations. He was catching them against the fence. Um, he, I, I thought he did a good job in not really, you know, he didn't try to force the finish. He was just kind of, you know, letting things just kind of naturally happen. He took Smith down a few times. But by, like, round two, I was like, all right, at this point, you know, he'll he'll just pick his shots and eventually he'll he'll land that one and he'll get a nice flurry and we'll we'll end this card and we all can you know we all can go home and go to sleep but he went to sleep um i was worried around like the beginning of round three where like even though smith wasn't doing a ton he was just still there and he, he had little flurries here and there and i was like oh no i hope one of these doesn't turn into something and I don't even remember the, the finishing sequence. I just remember... I remember when Smith landed that takedown and my heart just sunk and I was like, it's about to be over. I feel it. Because <laughs> I feel like Ustamir's not gonna... He's not gonna get back up after this. Like, I feel like Smith put his all into that takedown and once he got it, it was just a matter of time. And any time a fighter gets his back taken and, like, the, the rear naked choke starts to take place, the the first thing I look at is like, all right, are we fighting hands? Are we trying to get out of here? And I think Uzdemir fought hands for like a couple seconds, and then he just kind of stopped. And <laughs> it was literally like a ready when you are. <laughs> like it was almost like he his defense was hoping that like Smith wasn't all the way under his shin, and it's like, bro, that's not you know I, you, you probably should keep fighting hands and. I think he, he 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 loosened the grip like one time, and like two seconds later, Smith. That my whole worry in this fight was just Smith. As much as Vulcan, as the many things that he did right, and as many good shots as he landed, Smith just never went away. And I was like, dude, if you don't put him away soon, he's gonna find a way back into this fight. And sure enough, he 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 got off a few flurries. He got that takedown, and after that takedown in the third. He, he he got a rear naked choke, and now Anthony Smith, who was just kind of a middle of the road middleweight, you know, is now <laughs> I, I, is he a number one contender? I, I don't know what he is, but he, he beat the number two guy. That, that counts for something. He's he's just on this run, and it's, the run is continuing. I don't know how long it's gonna last, but. Like, I, I can't even... I was salty that Uzdemir lost because of just everything in my mind told me he should win, but I can't even be mad at Smith because it's like, he keep... He just keeps winning. I, I can't I can't even hate on him. He, he keeps winning. And he comes out to return of the Mac, so I can't yes. really be mad at that either. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, that, that counts for something. You get you get cool points for that. But, God, Uzdemir. Just, oh, I, went, I don't know what happened. But Smith, man, he gutted out this win. He He, he definitely took his lumps, but... He just he just stayed in there. This was just pure grit and and heart. Just got him through the fight and yeah, that's that that's how that went. So Anthony Smith, your, your new uh, light heavyweight contender. Anthony Smith just beat the number two dude in the division. <laughs> Back in like what was it February? He got knocked out by the number fifteen dude in the middleweight division. 
Why is 205 still a thing? <laughs> like, this is why boxing goes from 175 to 200. I want this division. This division, like, I hope this fight proves to the people who really, really talk about 225. Like, this is what you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> what you going to get? Like, we, we alluded to it earlier, but, like, the... the like, to either of you guys, did this look like a fight between two f- top five fighters in their division? Mm. At 205, yeah. I mean... <laughs> yeah. At, <laughs> yeah. We were talking about Shogun at the beginning of the year potentially fighting for a title shot at some point. Yeah. Like, at 205, the, the fight between number, like, 17 and 18 looks almost the same as, like, 3 and 4 at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like... Like I'm just okay. So, Anthony's uh, Anthony Smith is ten. Vulcan Uzdemir is two. Like, look, look, you want to see what the these matchups look like in the other divisions? At bantamweight, number two is Dominic Cruz, and number ten is Cody Stamen. A good fight. At, at lightweight, McGregor is number two, and Michael Chiesa is number ten. At featherweight, it's Jose Aldo versus Korean Zombie again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> At welterweight is Darren Till versus Ponzinibbio. Jesus, but this is look. That's not fair. What is How? the number? What is the number two middleweight and the number ten middleweight? Let's compare them fairly. Uh, Luke Rockhold and Brad Tavares. I guess that's kind of comparable a little. Because uh, yeah. I think <laughs> I, I think Luke Rockhold beats both those men on the same night. How dare you! How dare you! <laughs> Can't fight if you don't make it to the cage, pal. Oh, man. I just want to be fair to Anthony Smith, by the way. Nothing we're talking about here is his fault. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, No, not at all. Dude, make the most out of it. He he made the smartest decision that I've seen a fighter make as of recent. (laughs) Like, (laughs) this was the best career choice you could have done. In June, he was like the third fight on the prelims of a pay-per-view. In October, he's headlining his own event. Like, that's cool. Good for him. Uh, absolutely, dude. Like, but, I'm not yeah. like I like Anthony Smith. Like, uh, like, dude's really fun to watch. But like, I'm I'm just trying to keep it real. No, I get I get what you're saying. You're absolutely right. Because it's like, but it's, I think that 170 to 205 is that kind of like. Because Robert Whitaker was technically a middling 170 er who went up to become one of the best 185ers, in my opinion, at least of my gener of my generation going forward. And we've obviously seen, seen Anthony Smith and Tiago Mareta go up weight and be successful. Uh, like, I don't know, dude. This division is weird. This division is weird, but then when heavyweights try to drop down, like, they're in, they, they can't figure anything out at 205. So it's, it's this weird, like, dynamic, like, this funky... None of you, I know you guys aren't big football fans, but in college football, there's the Mac. And the MAC conference is like a bunch of little schools, like Akron and Toledo, and they like they exist in Western Michigan, and they all exist in like the Midwest. Is that where Appalachian Appalachian State is? No, I think they're the. Are they the Sun Belt Conference? I'm gonna have to look this up. I know they're one of they're one of those conferences that's not like right. the big. But there's yeah. a saying called Maction, and they play Wednesday night on ESPN, and they have the fucking weirdest games imaginable where things that should never happen in a football game happen. 205 is Maction. 
It's just a weird fucking place. It's a division where like everybody's broken. Like, <laughs> like they're, they're two thirds of the way to being like really good fighters, but like, yeah, I, but... they just have this giant gaping flaw in their game that where they just look like they don't know what they're doing. Anthony Smith versus Shogun was a clear-cut example that if you can moderately move well in this division, you will survive. Because he was moving at a level of which Shogun could not even comprehend. <laughs> like, Shogun <laughs> dreamed of those days in pride. Like, those were pride-level movements. And Shogun's <laughs> knees are like, clacking together. they sound like connects bumping into one another. And it's like... <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. What do you like? What do you guys want me to say about this division? This, this fucking place is like it's gut. I almost like it's, it's so weird that I almost don't want to see it leave because it's just. I would like, protest the two hundred five division leaving. It's like Gus and DC and Jones. Uh, Jones. He shows up. And Dom Reyes. And then it's just like a bunch of like Rock'em Sock'em robots missing body parts. That's all it is. It's like. A bunch of beaten up dudes or middleweights. Middleweights. Who- I feel like in like three years, half of this division is going to retire at the same time. No, they'll still be around. Like... Shogun going to be 48. 48 <laughs> in dog years. Shogun is going to get the belt by default because everybody else just like died. Like, <laughs> no, he was the last and man you know standing what... who still had like one limb left. You know what's fucking weird about this division? Using the Anna Cole's example a little bit. Killer Latifi. Ilan Latifi lost to Jan Blahovich, who lost to Corey Anderson, who lost to Jimmy Manoa, who's gone one and one with uh, Jan Blahovich. But Manoa beat OSP, who's beaten uh, Corey Anderson, who again has beaten Glover. Glover beat OSP. Glover lost to uh, who did Glover lose to? Like Corey. Like, any other division, we'd be like, wow, that's a really intense division where everybody's kind of on the same plane. Like, if at lightweight, we talk about if Dustin Poirier fights this guy, he's already fought Anthony Pettis, Pettis has fought so-and-so. Like, they all kind of intersect with one another, and it's a tough division. At 205, all of those intersecting roads feel, like, sad. Like, it's like... (laughs) It's like fucking Iller Latifi's a top-10 light heavyweight. Are you kidding me? He lost to Jan Blahovich. But Blahovich lost to this guy. Like, nobody at 205 is unmarred by 205. It's just the weirdest place of existence. Nikita Krylov is ranked at number 13. Uh, Based upon what? Getting his ass beat by John <laughs> which I don't know. Misha Serkin, like, Pat Cummins is in, in any other division, Pat Cummins would be scrapping for his, like, every fight would be a fight for survival, for his job. I mean, it, it kind of is. Not, at two, not, not for Pat Cummins at 205. He's going to be fighting here forever. He is fighting for his life every time he's in there. <laughs> the different, different kind of <laughs> different kind of fight. But it's just like yeah. Anthony Smith is, and even Vulcan Ozdemir I thought did well, but it's like you're doing well against the guy who was kind of ushered out of middle. And Anthony Smith was doing fine in middleweight, but like he was not ever going to progress beyond a certain point. Yeah. Uh, DC's best wins at light heavyweight are the dude who just lost to the middleweight and the former blown up middleweight. Because Gus, he didn't beat Gus. We, we do this all the time, but he didn't, he didn't beat him. So <laughs> we're not going to do that again. That's not what the judge said. I don't like though. talking about What happened? I don't like that's talking about what the about judge that said. 
<laughs> Payoff. American guy in Texas against the Swede. Easy, easy money. But oh, it's just boy. like this division. I I could not live without this division. It just it's MMA at its it's MMA at its purest form because John Jones exists in this division, and no other card, no other division can capture that. Like no other division can have the greatest fighter of his generation and Ed Herman and John Volante in the same room. <laughs> oh, man. we're gonna get Anthony Smith versus John Jones at UFC 232. I hope everybody's ready for that. It's coming. Uh, I, I, I can't wait. Corey Anderson versus John Jones is not that unrealistic of a possibility. Oh boy, dude. <laughs> So does does Anthony Smith leapfrog to a title shot, or do we do like a a young guy elimination between him and Reyes, and whoever stands at the end, that's that's uh that's who's next on the hill. I mean, it, it depends on how like whoever wins at two thirty two, if the fight even happens, like <laughs> like how long are they going to be gone? Because like there's every possibility Jones wins and just pops again. Or Gus wins and he's gone for like a year because his body's falling apart. Or Jones gets arrested. Yeah, like Jones is at, like just gets arrested at his after party for doing like a mile on the blow. Like <laughs> all this is a possibility. It is an entire. It is entirely possible that Daniel Cormier defends his title at 205 before the champion, who wins the supposed title fight, ever fights again for the title. Yeah, only at 205. But could you live without this in MMA? Like, could this division go away and you not be like, "Fuck, I, you know what I could really use right now?" I mean, like, I could do without it main like main eventing every other card this year. I don't know what that's about, but, still, but that's been pretty pretty consistent. You know, they're, they're trying to hold on to the little bit of life. And you know what? That's I think that to be fair, this division has history. You know what I mean? Like Tito yeah, and Couture and. Liddell. This was that is that's why it's so weird because at one point like when I first really started getting into MMA like this was the division of yeah you would have Shogun this, this was where all of the fun happened it's still fun but in a completely different sense yeah that's yeah the fun See, the, the division would be <laughs> fine if they had one all the fighters in it that were actually at the top and then like the guys who should be fighting at two hundred five your Luke Rockhold your Earl Romero's and Chris Weidman's and Jacare's. <laughs> like, like that. Then the division would be fine. Like you'd have like yeah. a, a really good, solid top ten. So I'm looking like Wobbin and Rockhold. Please, you guys should have been salivating at this main event. Like Yoel Romero. Like Yoel was like, um, you know, Yoel, you've missed weight twice now. Like, go up to 205. You'll right. be fine. You'll punch a hole through this entire division. Uh, Yo, Romero could beat everybody in the top ten on the same night, except basically <laughs> DC and Gus. Like, you just bring out these dudes, like, like everybody at 205 is like a workman. Like, they all have workman-like traits. They're all like, you know, everything is fundamentally okay until they get tired, and then it's just sad. Like, could you imagine putting an athlete like Yoel Romero in that that just be so unfair. <laughs> I was actually watching this fight like, fuck, if Anderson comes back at 205, he's got a shot. Like, if he's got a shot against something, like, is Anthony Smith going to beat Anderson Silva? It's possible. 
That's possible. But but are we sure? He's probably more likely. It's probably more likely than Silva beating anybody at one eighty five in the top like eight. Yeah, like you're gonna you want to see Silva against Whitaker? Like that'd be unfair. Yeah, like I, I could totally see it as Silva just counterpunching Volkanovski for five, three rounds. <laughs> <laughs> so I do like oh, I thought Ozdemir did some good stuff but have you guys ever been at work and you show up at the day and like nothing happens and you're about to clock out and you're just like I'm fucking really tired yeah for no reason <laughs> yeah Vulcan Ozdemir just got really tired for no, for relatively no reason Dude, I thought he won the first two rounds and then the third Easily. round he came out and he looked like he had lost already <laughs> like his he... body language was like, I don't want to be here anymore. It might have been that I, I don't know. Did he expect just like he did have his nose broken? Some... But at what point? Like I don't remember what I'm saying. Right. I'll say maybe, maybe was it just Smith survived a few flurries and a takedown. He was like, oh, this little middleweight guy's still here. Little, he's like six foot. Thought... <laughs> <laughs> he took he took Smith down, and he looked like he moved a boulder. Like he was just so tired on the ground. And it's weird, like, I I thought Ozdemir showed more than he did in his loss to DC. Relative to the talent level difference. But just, like, he was winning this fight, and Smith was, like, making little adjustments, and Vulcan Ozdemir was just kind of like... I knew he was done when he started talking. Because he was talking against DC, and that's when he started losing. So when he was talking to Smith and getting pieced up from a distance, I was like, oh, we're heading to questionable territory. Smith Smith hit a few of those like lunging, you know, combinations. Yeah, that's, that's never a good sign. When those when those start landing, it might it might be close to the end. My God, that last takedown really just broke my heart. <laughs> I, I just I knew was it, it was. The, was it the takedown that did it for you, or when Uzdemir was getting up and Anthony Smith just hit him with a standing hammer fist to the back of the Because <laughs> that was like after you get hit with that, you can't win. Like there's no way. Yeah. The end you could just you could feel the end was coming. It just you could feel it. My God. But I mean, hey man, Anthony yeah. Smith, keep keep riding the wave. Like just just <laughs> at this point you're probably gonna ride the wave to the top. Whether you win the belt or not, that's a whole nother story. But you making it there is is pretty <laughs> You're all, you're pretty much there. Like <laughs> I'm thinking of what the top of two, like because now I'm imagining 205 is like a landscape, and so you reach the top of the mountain and you can like overlook the whole city like in a video game. And what does the whole city of 205 look like? It's got to be like Detroit and RoboCop, like it's just like, flaming cars overturned. There's no there are no neon lights. All the lights went Smog. out. The lights was. <laughs> The air quality isn't that good. There's like one good restaurant you can see like way off in the distance. The liquor store on every corner. Right. <laughs> Not looking too Jesus good. Jesus Christ. And I, I think I. I was gonna say for for Smith, I, I want to see him and Reyes next, and then after that, we'll we'll let the cards fall. I, where where I'm, I'm still counting on Reyes to be a. Uh, See, guy. I was gonna go there if, if, and ask Anikul, like, does it even make sense to do that fight? Because they're the only two moderately young-ish. On outside of like most of these European 205ers, like, these are the only guys you got, right? American-wise, like, like, I'm trying, like, I can't, th- like, even the Europeans do is like, it's like who Antu- Antigulov? Uh, no, they 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 debuted a bunch of guys at that Russia card. 
Okay, hold up. Uh, so I, I'm looking. I'm just trying to see like anybody. Edelov. Just like anybody. Oh, you got Kareem Edelov. Yeah, it's, it's, it's some sort of oh, I'm 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 just trying to think like who has like three wins in the UFC. <laughs> Who's the dude who dominated uh the heavyweight who dropped down and Jan Kutalaba? Justin Ledette. Uh Ian Kutilaba. Oh my god, Ian Kutilaba does exist in this division, doesn't he? Yeah. He's yeah. twenty four, he'll be champion by virtue of existence. Like Misha Serkinov just won. Oh, we're gonna talk about Misha Serkinov. Um yeah, he's he's coming up. God, when they were at Corey Anderson versus freaking Dominic Reyes for the title, it's gonna be so bizarre. <laughs> and it's gonna outdraw like a quality <laughs> welterweight fight. It's gonna outdraw Lee versus Covington, oh, which would be a good thing. What is the name of this guy? I can't remember his name. He just beat he just beat Justin Ledit. Was it Darko Sausage? Ooh, you might be onto something. I, no, I literally I'm just read Rocket. Rocket. Ah, right, right, right. Is it? I remember them. Uh, there are a lot of dudes who just like have no wins. <laughs> Ryan Span. Ryan Span's <laughs> gonna pull it off. There we go, Superman. That's that's the future. We all can look forward to. <laughs> they signed a bunch of like yeah. European life heavyweights. They gotta be hoping that one of them fucking pans out, and that he pans out in a nation they can go to. I mean, they're in Russia now, so just sign all the Russians. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, if Rakic is from, like, Serbia, like, you're not going to Serbia to hold the show. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm just thinking, like, oh, like, oh God. I said the worst thought. Right, I'm listening. We're all, we're all here on this horrible ride. So you got, you got Rakic, who's Serbian, right? Uh-huh. And then you get, like, somebody who's Croatian. Oh, uh, we don't need that. Yes. <laughs> We don't need that. <laughs> we don't need that. And then that's how they saw the fight. Jesus Lord. Could Cathal Pendred compete at 205? Hmm. Isn't he in movies? Doesn't now? matter. Yeah, yeah. No, he doesn't. Like, he's doing better things for himself. He's, he's not going to bother with That's a good point. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's moved on to Dude, a better Tom life. Tom Breeze could oh, go up to 205. No, hell yeah. You get me? Tom Breeze, oh my God! Tom Breeze would be Vulcan Ustamir. <laughs> Probably a lot easier than Anthony Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the worst. We're just listing off random yeah. dudes. Yeah, you know what? On, on that note, we're gonna close this fight out. We still <laughs> got two more fights in this division to talk about. Yeah, we'll 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 get to one them there. They're making, not too far one around which is the corner. Me break out and sweat just by looking at it. God. Well, before before we get to that, um, co-main event. Michael Johnson, Autumn Lobov. Um, Michael Johnson took this fight on two weeks' notice, I believe. Um, that's crazy. So he had to cut like 30 pounds in like two weeks. Um, so props for him for even being able to make the walk. He, he didn't make 145, but I mean, circumstances considering, I don't, I don't think you can really be mad at a guy who cut 30 pounds in two weeks and maybe he was just off by a couple pounds, but whatever. He made he made the walk regardless. Um, and still had cardio. Like, didn't really get tired after taking this fight on short weeks. So that was kind of crazy to see. He did not uh, tire at all. Um, I think uh, 
this fight didn't really teach me anything. This fight went the way I thought it would. Uh, it just, you know, I, I learned that Lobov is good at taking shots. Um, he's good at being very... His, his, his fighting stance, if you want to call it that. <laughs> he's just really awkward. He's an awkward guy who can throw shots and take shots. Uh, probably takes them more often than he lands them. Um, though he did he did catch Johnson a couple times. He messes out. Um, I can't remember if he was countering him. Uh, Johnson would like throw that straight left, and he would like throw a right over it. Caught him with that a couple times. But this fight just kind of went the way I thought. Johnson just better hands, faster, better footwork. Um, Lobov can take a shot. He, he can pressure, but he didn't have a ton really to offer um i don't have a lot of in-depth really to go in on this fight kind of just it was what i thought it was going to be but props to johnson just for taking this fight on such short notice and still putting on like a pretty solid performance like <clears throat> uh, uh, we keep saying hey, low bob's better than his record and he is like but he's also extreme he's just really extremely limited like his entire game plan is, I'm going to walk you down, and when you swing, I'll swing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and, and then I, since I'm really tough, I'll get the better of it, and I'll, I, and I, and I'll win the exchange. And by the end of the fight, either you'll be knocked out, or I'll have a decision win. It rarely ever works for him, um, because he's really slow. Like he is a really, really slow featherweight. Slow, short arms. That doesn't help either. Yeah. Massive head. Yeah. Um, doesn't move it. Stands straight yeah. up, <laughs> like spine all the way up. Um. And Johnson, for his part, like just was like, okay, so he's just gonna stand there and swing this wild uppercut at me with his right hand every time I come inside. So I'm going to touch him once, and then either like duck pivot out, just straight up jump out of range before he throws because he's very, very slow. And, like, and shouts to Lobov, because, like, he's, Lobov is, it, it seems pretty clear that Lobov, like, is in the gym, just, like, he's training this exact thing over and over again where, like, somebody will throw and he'll throw, like, a set, like a half beat or a same-time counter. But it doesn't work in actuality because he's very, very slow. So you're like, trying to be so gentle. I am, but like, because like, it, it's a like if you're not a good athlete, training like rope counter punches, very smart move. Problem is that's the only smart thing about Lobov's game, and he doesn't really know how to do anything else. Like, because he's he fights guys like Johnson and Cub Swanson closer than he should, all things considered. Like he's he clearly loses, but he's in the fight way more than he should be, considering his record and how skilled he actually is. Thing is, I feel like he <laughs> he's not too far off from being like a really good fighter. Like he has good, there are attributes about him that are good. Like dude is crazy tough. Like he can take a shot, he can march you down, but like there's no plan B really. There's just kind of like yeah. Yeah, there's no, there's no like direction really. I don't, 
I just feel like he just kind of goes in there and just, you know, whatever happens, just kind of happens. Yeah. I don't think he's worse than most, like, I, we just beat the crap out of the division, but I don't think he's worse than most of the bottom math of 205. Jesus. Like, Joe, <laughs> tell me he is worse than John Volante. Or in, what, in, what, in what way? <laughs> okay, I, look, Artem Lobov is the victim. He's he's hold on. Let me explain. 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 His best friend is the biggest star in the sport. I need first off. I need full cooperation. Are you all you got it out? <laughs> Let me explain. continue. Continue. He's the victim because his best friend is the biggest star in the sport. Arnim Lobov's role should be as what he was: the prospect killer. Have him test the prospect. Have him fight a guy who might be coming off a loss, who might need to get rebuilt. Have him fight a new guy coming into the organization who may not be a prospect, but you want to see what he's got. Give him easy wins every once in a while. Like his role is very easy to figure out because he's not like a he's limited in a lot of ways, but he's tough and he's smart as a fighter. So and and he excels at creating panic because he's able to get younger fighters, prospects, to panic. He got. Uh, Truto Ishihara to panic. He was able to get Michael. He took a round from Michael Johnson because he got Johnson to start backing off of him. He's like a guy who excels at creating those that panic. But he he should be fighting prospects and dudes coming into the organization. But his best friend's Conor McGregor, so he fought Cub Swanson because Swanson had beef with McGregor. So hey, like that's a main event, I guess you could do something with that. That main evented. Arnim Lobov should never main event. Well, I think they also mentioned during commentary too that he, at least according to them, he normally asks for like the toughest option because I think they said he had other options. Oh, I'm sure, table. but that doesn't mean you give it to him. But yeah. protect I him mean, from I'm himself. Sure, yeah, like, I'm sure there are a bunch of guys who would take a fight with Michael Johnson over like, um, I don't know, like some lesser name but equally challenging fighter. Right, but like, like. Let's let's ignore Johnson for just a, a second. He was he fought Cub Swanson because Swanson and McGregor had a beef, and you're never going to get Swanson McGregor, so it's a way to make a main event. Then he fought Andre Feely because Team Alpha Male and and SBG had their beef. Then he was going to fight Caceres, which is a fair step down for him and would have been an interesting enough fight. But Caser- but the whole bust thing happened, so they yanked Lobob off the card, and he was going to fight Zubera to Hogov who's a way better fighter than him, who he shouldn't be ever be fighting against because they have the beef between Khabib and Connor. So he's consistently put in situations because of who his friend is that he shouldn't be in. And then we all have to stop and marvel. Like, we're giving him credit for coming really close. Like, I give him a lot of credit, but these are situations he shouldn't be in. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, he's not this... He should never be a co-main eventer or a main eventer. Like, he should be on the main card. Let's start there. Right. He's like a prelim tester. Like, he tests the prelim, tests the debuting guy. Like, he has a place in the UFC. I just don't understand why he's... I know why he's here. I feel bad for him because it's unfair to him because then he loses these fights that he's never going to... He's never going to beat Michael Johnson. He's never going to beat Cub Swanson. Andre Feely could... Andre Feely would probably give him enough moments that he could beat an Andre Feely, but he's never going to beat a Zubair to Hogov either, so it's, like, unfair. I feel like I'm always grading Lobov on a curve because of who he's fighting. 
I mean, you have to because, like, you, you shouldn't have to fight a dude who... You, you you shouldn't grade a dude who's on um who is below five hundred on his in his career. Like I'm gonna say, it, like, it's just unfair. Right. And it's unfair to him to be in these marquee spots where he can be, I guess, further exposed. Do you understand now? You giggling goofs, why I said he's a victim. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, he's also these are also opportunities. You know what I mean? Man, he needs to talk to his friend. <laughs> or, 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 you know, just you know, keep his mouth shut. That's true, too. But I don't think Artem, like, Artem Lovov, to me, is the duality of SBG. He's, like, a nice guy sometimes. And then other times, it's like, you're just going to fucking get somebody hurt, aren't you? Sure enough, right? With the starting the whole beef with Khabib. And then Khabib comes and confronts him. And there were some circumstances around that that I, I understand. But, like, that whole Khabib-McGregor thing started through Artem Lovov. And then you have Artem standing there like, what the fuck did I just start? Like, looking mortified as Connor goes on a rampage. And it's like, okay, he's a, he, he clearly gets himself into situations he can't handle. But I, I don't know. I feel bad for him. Like, I feel like Artem Lobov has a place in every – every organization needs an Artem Lobov, but the UFC is using him like he's something more than Artem Lobov. Well, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see if they keep him. I just ranted uh, on that when I wanted to rant on Michael Johnson's insane weight cut. I don't have the energy for that now. Yeah, all, yeah. all you can say is either book it a weight class up or do more catch weights. Word. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, Arnold has fought at welterweight before. I'm sure he would have took the fight. I mean, 155 isn't that <laughs> big of a deal. You got to change something on a poster. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> but, oh, one, one yeah. last bit. I believe Michael Johnson hinted that he's going to fight Alexander Volkanovsky. Oh, God. Oh, are you not mm. a fan of that fight? No, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with it, but Michael Johnson's going to get his ass beat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Maybe you could clip him, but Look, I'm not. I'm not sure his power's there at 145. Yeah, that yeah, kind of I don't, seems I don't... to be an issue, right? Like that seems gone. But then again, Johnson's been fighting at 145 like a dude who believes he doesn't have the cardio for the division. Because yeah. against Feely, he fought like a dude who was like, "I got a round. <laughs> like I got a round that I have to spread out over 15 minutes." Volkanovski's Good luck never again. faced anybody as fast as Johnson, though. I think that's an interesting little fight. Yeah, but but yeah, if but, he grabs uh, him, once... I think if, if yeah, it's over. <laughs> I mean, Reza Madani had his way with him, and I think Volkanovski's on a level above the Mad Dog. Yeah. I mean, Darren Elkins Good had, luck with... got him down eventually. It's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. And and Volkanovski's like Darren Elkins times like Darren. Good. I, I was gonna say yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> 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 Elkins, if he touched the basketball that the Monstars had. <laughs> but, uh, hey, man, props to Johnson. Two weeks notice. He he got the job done. Uh, back to 205 we man, go. I don't know if Anna Cole has Nisha... any strength left in this. <laughs> I'm dying over I here, mean, man. I like... mean, the, the, the fight didn't last that long. Not a ton to, 
to go into. We can go into a Patrick Cummins. Looks like he's going to die every time. So the the fight in question, uh, Misha Serkinov, Patrick Cummins fight did not last uh, that long at all. Um, my favorite part of the fight was uh, when they were against the cage and it looked like Serkinov was about to rip his beard off. <laughs> Yeah, 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 like his, his hand was like really awkwardly like bent, and his fingers were like right in Cummins' beard, and the ref was like, "No, you can't do that." <laughs> I was waiting for a patch of hair to just kind of fly, but um, nah, yeah, um, Cummins, you couldn't uh, you couldn't really get much going. I mean, it was a valiant effort. He pushed him up against the cage. Um, I think he had tried to take him down. Um. And then literally the second Serkinov <laughs> took him down, he he got mount like he took him down and just got into mount like simultaneously, arm triangle, you know. I, I feel like it was a merciful finish. You know, I feel like the as as quick as Serkinov manhandled him, that could have been a lot more violent. But he got him out of there pretty quick. Um, because we've seen Cummins just kind of in, in other fights just end up bleeding all over the place. I feel like this was, like, best-case scenario in terms of a loss. Like, you didn't have to take a ton of damage. You just got taken down once and choked out, and that was kind of it. Um, but impressive win for Zirkinov. Like, he got this done quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't got nothing to add to that, really. Except, you know, thank God for Pat Cummins' brain that this fight didn't go longer than it did. Because... I, I I keep thinking back to like that one post. Like I I remember reading a post and it was probably like a sure dog, um, where some guy was like, I showed the picture of Junior Dos Santos to my doctor after he fought Cain Velasquez the sec the third time, and he was like, Yeah, no, that's early onset dementia dementia right there. Yeah, and then I'm like, Pat Cummins has looked like that after every single one of his fights for like the past three years. And I'm like, this, this dude is on the list of guys who probably shouldn't be fighting very much longer. I have a different medical concern, I suppose, right now. Is it the staff? Because he had, he no, had I, staff. I, I, yeah, I, no, I'm Misha Serkinov. <laughs> oh, okay. Why does he move like a man who had his spine removed? Maybe he had his spine removed. And replaced with, like, Plank from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. <laughs> very stiff human he he moves like a playstation character from the early era of the blocky and like poxagonal and yeah, polygonal he does the resident yeah, evil he's like a, he, he is a human tank control that's right uh, like so he, gonna... dude he has a metal rod up his back or something cause like does he? I, 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 you know what I can't even say that because Shane Burgos actually has a metal rod up his back and he can still bend over I don't know. So, I, so if Serkinov Serkinov has a, if he's got a medical condition, then I apologize. But he moves like all I could think of was like this guy. Just, like every light heavyweight fight, it's like you compete in the same division as John Jones. Because like at middleweight, the average lightweight still moves really like compared to Conor McGregor. You're like, all right, that's a that's a fluid athlete. This dude though, it's like, God bless him when he grabs dudes, they go down. Oh yeah, there's a phenomenal grappler, but like, like watching him try to throw punches, like he looks like he's going to fall. Yeah, I don't like, I, and he did against Vulcan, like that. He, I'm just, 
I don't, man. <laughs> We're just bashing this poor guy. Like, no, like, it's just no, weird. I like, I like Misha Serkinovel. Like, I'm, I'm higher on him than Anakul is. But I just don't understand how he, like, his movement is so... Like a marionette. Like, he has no fluid... He moves like he's on a track. This is... like, like, he's like a rail shooter. Like, you go to the arcade <laughs> and you put in 25 cents and you play, like, Time Force. And it moves for you. Like, he's very s- stiff. Yeah, and this is a dude who's been, like... I want to say he's been doing martial arts his whole life. Like he, like he did, like he was like doing judo before he did BJJ or something. I don't know, man. He he does not move like a athlete. Athlete. He, he, moves, he, he moves like your dad after a tough day on the construction site. <laughs> <stuff, right? laughs> leave Serkinov alone. Congrats, Misha. You, you did your thing. Oh, so we gotta be nice to him to make up for it? Yeah, leave, leave me. <laughs> Why are we bashing I'm not bashing we're, not, we're not bashing him. We're just like, what's the deal? I'm in awe. Hey, listen to the, I'm in awe. The... And, and, and I think that the Uzamir fight, the rematch, would be make perfect sense. Just a perfect fight. I mean, what are the odds he gets knocked out in, like, in 10 seconds, twice If he fucking row. lurches into another counter, <laughs> sure possible i mean at 205 that's that's what's supposed to happen because it's 205 like just i don't know i, I think that's why the, in 205 when people do weird things i just chalk it up to oh that's 205 that's just what that is what happens amazing division <laughs> broken it's not broken it's fine it's perfect it's what it needs to be it's it's everything it was there you to go be. <laughs> We're acting like Keith Jardine isn't married into the fabric of the history of this division. I mean, if we're being honest, like Chuck Liddell also had a, a bit of the spine up the back issue. <laughs> I will not allow Chuck Liddell to I see. end it. I mean, we're, we're going to see some. Oh we're, yeah, we we're, are. We're going to see some real stiffness real soon. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta see the the video with him hitting the pads. I feel so bad. <laughs> I feel bad for him because when he talks, I can tell that he's like he, he talks like a, himself. Not just that, but he talks like a dude who has realized like his prime was wasted. Because he talks openly about like his partying and how he feels like that took everything away from him. And it's like I feel for him because he he believes that so much. Like, imagine having that will. Like, imagine having a Tony Ferguson will with a Misha Serkinov body. <laughs> like, that would have to hurt as a person. So I do feel for Chuck with that. I mean, that would have to hurt a lot. A different, different <laughs> yeah. kind of pain. No, I get what you mean. Like, apparently you don't because you had to go and, and make it sadder. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be up. sad no matter what. I might as well have fun with it. This is how Tito, I cope. Man. I'm rooting for you, Chuck. If you knock out Tito in 2018, I'm <laughs> ecstatic. <laughs> Neither one of these men should have licenses. We should do a watch-along yeah. for that. Yeah. For the main event, at least. Just all of us. We'll watch along. We'll watch along and... and, and we can catch our grief. Yeah. We can laugh and cry at the same time. I, mean, I miss what we do every, every, like every week. <laughs> This is going to be different. This is another level of laughing and crying that... 
Oh boy. I don't even want to think about that right now. That's only like a month away, isn't it? A couple weeks? November 24th. Yep. Uh, He's wearing yeah, knee pads that look like support hose, man. They're big. <laughs> I feel for this man. Dude, we still had nine couple oh. fights to go. We still like yeah, we, could <laughs> right we could breeze right through them. Yeah, a lot of these pre, yeah, a lot of these prelims. Oh might no! Not wait, get, uh... what is the next one? Next. Uh, I do have things to say about this Sukumtav fight. Martinez. Andre Sukumtav and uh, Jonathan Martinez. Um, oh boy, this fight. Um, it was a good fight. I don't want to get that lost, but there were just weird moments. <laughs> There were weird moments in this fight that I was just concerned. Um, I will say, though, hats off to Martinez, um, because I believe this was his debut. Um, Pretty, I would say, solid for a debut. Like, he didn't seem like he was really nervous at all. He was pretty game. Um, He did get put in some bad spots. So, I think Sukumta dropped him, like, twice in the first, I think. Um, He dropped him with a right. But uh, Martinez did, like, get back up. He popped back up, uh, managed to keep his wits about him. Um, Sukumtab did really good mixing up his striking. I really loved, like, the in-close, like, body shots he was throwing. Um, anytime he had Martinez against the cage, he was just unleashing flurries of elbows and knees and stepping elbows and all kinds of wild stuff. Um, Martinez was, you know, being scrappy, but I think it was kind of clear that Sukumtab was getting better on the feet and that but there was a moment in this fight where I really thought like Martinez was gonna mess around and win um that moment where the ref Jaron Vallon um, what are you doing yeah yeah this guy um so and th- this moment this happened like twice in the fight where Sukum Todd had Martinez up against the cage he throw he throws a knee that like clearly just didn't hit the cup at all and Mar- whatever that ref name is for whatever reason, stops the fight. But if it's a low blow, he's supposed to give the, you know, the fighter five minutes. He doesn't give Martinez five minutes. He just has like a little pep talk, with him. <laughs> and and then tells them to shake hands, <laughs> like like he just broke up like an elementary school fight. Well, to be fair, like how big those guys are, he might have got. <laughs> it was a really bizarre referee moment. But it was weird because I feel like after that moment, like, Martinez got, like, a second win because he ended up taking Sukumtot down. I was like, oh, no. Like, Sukumtot, you had a really good performance. Don't let this be, you know. But, you know, Sukumtot ended up getting a split decision. But th- there are things I-, I really like watching Sukumtot fight. But he's every fight he does, there's at least one moment where he does something. I'm like, if you were fighting somebody, like, more experienced, you'd you probably... This would cost you the fight. Like he, I feel like there was a moment where he had dropped Martinez, and then after he dropped him, he spent he wasted like thirty seconds going for a choke that wasn't gonna happen. And it's like, dude, just just you're clearly getting the better of him in the stand up. Just stand back up and just keep throwing hands until he just you dropped him twice. Like <laughs> just stand back up, do it again. Maybe you get him out of here. Um. I don't know. He just, he has a few of those moments sometimes, and it just it kind of worries me. But um, no, it was it was an entertaining fight. Props to Martinez. Like I said, tough fight for a debut, but he 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 was pretty solid, even though it was a losing effort. But um, good enough to where like I I wouldn't mind seeing him fight again. Um, I I think he he had he has some talent. Um, yeah, pretty entertaining fight, but just a few weird moments and that that referee thing was like. 
thank God that wasn't like a title fight or like that wasn't like the main event because that was such a blunder. It was it was such a blunder. But props to Sukum Todd. Love those just violent combinations and elbows and <clears throat> stepping body shots that were really beautiful to watch. Um, so so good good performance for him. I mean, uh, I felt Sukatov was a little bit more, I guess, active than because that's always been my big complaint against him. Like he he kind of he shuts down a little bit. Um, it, like he'll have somebody hurt, and then like he he'll just wait around for a little while. Um, like he did, was it Perez or was it Morales where he dropped him? In Perez. The, Perez, yeah, dropped him like twice. Dropped him like twice and proceeded to lose a split decision because he just stopped fighting. Um, no, he was more active here. Um, Justin Martinez, who came in on short notice and gave him a good fight. Um. Took him down and got on top in the second round. Um, I watched this fight at a Bluegrass Insider event, so I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, in case y'all, ever, y'all wanted to know what I do with my morning, uh, I don't remember much of the details other than like the two times Sukintov dropped him and like the really nice body work he was doing. Um, yeah, no, it was a solid fight on the card that probably could have used a couple more of those. Yeah, I feel like uh, when he dropped Martinez, I was like, life has breathed back into this card. Considering the fight that preceded this one, which we'll get to in a few. But... I mean, we already got to it, technically. <laughs> which was unfair, by the way. Like, why would you put these two fights back to back? Yeah. Just show the holes in the one division. I kind of, I just like, <laughs> like, not a man. This fight was frustrating. Andre Sukumtada was frustrating. He could be like, if realistically speaking, he could be 5-0 and in the UFC. But he could also be 0-5 in the UFC. So he's just a frustrating dude to watch. When he's on and when he's focused, he's really good. But it seems like he takes lapses that are get longer and longer, and then he can't get back into gear. In this fight, he was a little bit better in that regard. I do think it helped that he was fighting a guy on short notice who he had a clear size and strength advantage over. Jonathan Martinez needs to... Uh, he, he may be one and done if they get rid of this flyweight division because I don't think he's built for 135 unless he starts bulking up because Sukumtat was able to kind of muscle him around with ease. You know, getting in and out of the clinches, moving in and around. So... I'm seeing that he's fought at 130 before. And one what, and 125. What would that be, super flyweight? <laughs> I'm being realistic. <laughs> like, that's like a super flyweight, isn't it? It's one, five pounds more. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I like I like Andre Sukumtad. He's a good fighter who deserves better. No, he deserves fought, better than his record. He fought the man with the most chickenness of chicken legs, Ryan Hollis. <laughs> Who did? Martinez? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. All I could do looking at Martinez is like, if they get rid of 125, you're in deep shit, my man, because you are a small Speedy. human. Combate America, so let's go. You got you got a Spanish last name. There you go. I heard Spanish in this corner. <laughs> hey. 
So there you go. Come watch America. I like it, though. Go fight Eric Perez. There you go. Over and over. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we got to... We got to... We got to... Um... <laughs> the resignation yeah, in your uh... voice. <laughs> I am offended. Let's uh let's let's talk about uh this fight. Alright, so is this the last mention of two oh five for the rest of yes it is. Alright, um so this is the last two oh five fight that we'll talk about on this card. But uh John Vellante and uh Ed Herman. So for one when this fight popped up on the screen, I was like, I didn't even know this was a thing. So that that was one thing. I was like, why is this on a main card? Why am I watching this? You can't tell me Nazrat couldn't have took this. Why am I, why am I watching John Vellante fight? Ed? Like, why didn't this fight happen in, like, 2008? For all we know, it did. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> this, fight, this fight reminds me of just one of those 2008 fights where it's just, I, I don't, this was the really, literally the one fight on the card where, like, while this fight was happening, I I just like tuned out. And even when I rewatched it, I found myself looking at my phone. Like I just I just don't want to watch these, you know, Ed, Ed Herman uh, uh, basically looking like a bloated middleweight coming like the 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 extra 20 pounds just looked like it was in the beer belly. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> I just so what you're saying he's uh, he, he's barbecue fight championship material. Oh wow! Oh yeah, he is he is he is prime candidate. He he is contender off of looks alone. It's funny you keep saying this because like I have I, I have a picture of him presumably from like way way back in like the sport fight days in front of me. He's just baby face. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, this was like 13 years ago. I'm thinking about Joey Beltran against Ed Herman in the barbecue fight league right now. Oh, God. Joey Beltran oh, just boy. shows up covered in barbecue sauce. <laughs> Is that greasing? <laughs> Do we consider that greasing? Nah, it's just part of the aesthetic. <laughs> but, I mean, this fight was just... It was... It was like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, it, but it was so? like one of the... Yeah, it was like, it was like the... I don't remember, God, what were the name of the, I don't know if you guys remember the name, um, there were these little fighter toys, and you would stick, the, the, the fighter had like a hole in Karate the foot, fighters. and you would stick him, yeah, and you would twist the knob, I feel like this was like that, but like the knobs were like broke, <laughs> so, <laughs> but I mean, for what is worth, for a 205 fight, which I tend to grade a lot of these on the curb, it, it wasn't, it wasn't really so much the fight itself that bothered me. Like, it was just two guys just kind of throwing, and we're just going to throw power shots for out for however as long as we can, and we'll just see who survives. And I, I think it was just like, I just looked up at the names on this fight, and I was like, I don't really, this ain't it. I just don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just... <laughs> I don't want to be mean. I was just so not interested in this. Like, at like regardless of who won, if anybody would have gotten knocked out, even when the split decision came and Ed Herman didn't get his hand raised and people thought he won, I was like, I kind of don't. I don't care. I I really don't. This this does nothing for me. Um, but for what is worth, light heavyweight 
Rock'em Sock'em Robot fight, but like it's that reverse uh, button on your remote when you slow the time down by like 0.5 seconds. This that's kind of what this was. It 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 was mildly entertaining, but I just I didn't care. I just kind of didn't. This did nothing for me. Nothing. Did not move the needle at all. Uh, yeah, I'm done. I have, I have, I have nothing else though. I mean, how much more can we just kick this division in the dick? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Do you want me like, to be positive? I mean, I mean I, it, yeah, you know, the, the the sad part is this wasn't even like a bad John Volante fight. Like, no, compared to like Barroso or the Latifi fight. Yeah, where like they literally just swung at each other, but they kept missing by like a mile. Oh my god! Like, it, it's just disheartening. I guess is the word. Like, Jonathan was once a bigger time prospect than Chris Weidman. Hey, that was a thing for a while. It's <laughs> frustrating, right? Because it's like, if you drew up a two hundred five, or like, okay, this guy can wrestle. He's got power in both hands, or he's got power in one hand at least. He's a natural athlete. He came from the NFL, or he was, you know, worth looks in the NFL. Like, if you drew up this kind of a guy, you'd be like, oh, fuck, he's going to run over this division. And he's... He's a perfect 205 prototype. He yeah. really, from down to the down to the execution. And yet, five years later, here we are. Oh, man. Like, yeah. man. <laughs> he's struggling with Ed Herman. Ed... Herman, who's been fighting for like 20 years. Works a construction job, apparently, it, at the same time. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. John Volante has never met like a left hook he doesn't want to eat. <laughs> <laughs> he should be in. I think it was weird because I was just watching how like slow Herman's punches Jesus were. Jesus Christ! And then I'm looking at Volante and I'm like, dude, you're clearly the better athlete. Like, how? Would... Theoretically, this fight shouldn't be close. Like, you should, you should be mowing through this dude. Like, you should. I know you got to be able to see these punches. Come. This is nothing you've never seen before in the gym. What Ed Herman's what? Like 38? Yeah. I think they said. Mm-hmm. I just. Yeah. It feels bad because you like with Ed Herman, he's obviously limited athletically. He's old, you know. He's been fighting for a long time. You don't want to be like too mean because he's he's doing the best he can with what he has. I mean, he won this fight. I think so. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm just saying, like you know, you want to be fair to him, but you also have to be like honest. Yeah. And there was just a point where. He threw a punch that was so... It was like one of the first hooks he threw, and it was like Dan Hardy had to fight back not to... Not to just laugh <laughs> about how, how it moved, like how out of position he was, like how out of position Volante was. I... But did it land? No, it didn't. That one didn't. But then the other one started. And it's, Volante's weird. It's like the first clean shot he gets hit with, he's like, I don't want to do the same. Like, he just... I don't know, man. At one point, Dan Hardy's like, he's only got one hand. Like, I think Dan Hardy or Jimmy Smith was like, if you can avoid the overhand right, like, that's all he's throwing right now. 
And I'm like, that's true. It but, might, like, it kept landing. Yeah. And every hook that Herman threw when he was in decent range landed. And... I have to point out Herman is missing, like, half a finger. Yeah, apparently, right? Some kind of, like, welding incident. Like, he he was trying to do some plumbing at his house, and it blew off half his finger. And he still bloodies the lunch. Yeah. <laughs> In a way, this is like a big win for Ed No, I think Ed, Ed Herman does not come out of this scathed in any way. Because he is what no, he is. Like, he is a limited, yeah. clunky, old guy. Relative yeah. to fighting. So it's not his fault. I feel bad for... But this fight was like, if you just took two boulders and rolled them down opposite hills and they like collided in the middle. And they're just going to keep bonking into... Like, nothing's going to change here. You're just going to get two boulders smacking into one another. One one might move a little bit more. One might move a little bit less after the contact. But it was just... Jean Vellante is like... How do you train with Sarah Longo? And... He trained with Stipe Miocic. Like, how do you train with those guys and not improve? At all. At all. Almost one like, of the things... he's gotten worse. I'll... Like if we're being honest, because he's throwing less nowadays. Something, something tells me he's got to be one of those guys that, like, in the gym he looks good and it just doesn't maybe translate to like the case. Because, like, like I said, he he has like the tools. Like, especially for two hundred five, you don't need a lot. Like, be athletic, have power, be able to move <laughs> just just somewhat fluidly, and, and like you'll be fine. You'll you'll be okay. And it just good athlete, hard to take down, can wrestle when he wants to. Mother, I just speaking of stiff, like you look at just how stiff, like you just <laughs> there's no kind of fluidity, fluidity in like Herman's motions, and it's like he's still clipping. Yeah. Like I feel bad his... for Ed Herman because, it, but it's calling it what it is. It's like it's like Artem Lobov. You're you're commenting on what the guy is and what he does in spite of his lack of natural ability, and it's just like Volante's never met a fight he couldn't give away. Hmm. Like Volante, like you, you, you gotta be praying they gave you this win, like. The, and then, after the fight, Volante puts Herman over, and the first thing Herman says is, "I won that fucking fight." Like right next to him. <laughs> it's okay to swing on a guy after a fight. You you do all you do your best, and he's like, "I fucking won that." It's like you son of a bitch. I'm like, Yo, uh, uh, Herman. <laughs> you know what? Uh, Herman earned that right. I'm sorry, he's been fighting he for 15 years. He just, you, he yeah, just you get, fought you get some one. dude who probably had like a good 15 pounds on him. Probably was a former, like, almost was a freaking NFL player. And he beats his ass. <laughs> All I'm remembering is that Fabio Maldonado took Gian Volante to the woodshed. And, like, nothing has changed since then. He's gotten worse. I guess you are who you are at a certain point, but in this division where all you need to be is moderately competent. Oh yeah. Not yeah, he's so. ten years he's like ten years into his career, man. He's not getting any better. No, he's not getting any better. But in this division it should matter. Like you should be able to do if you could do one thing differently, you win. <laughs> Ed Herman is a Ed Herman is a good man. What if, what if Chris Herman. Wyman's belief that Gian Volante could be champion is the only thing keeping Dude, him? Dude, I totally alive. thought that at one point. <laughs> I totally thought that Wyman's just waiting. He's like, I can't fight my friend. We might fight for the title one day. 
Like, like, but actually, it is, Weidman knows that Volante can't win the title, but Volante doesn't know. So are you telling me that Volante is Weidman's Artem Lobov, just a nicer version? Like, instead of starting fights, he wants to take everybody out for drinks? Like, he's just like, I can't step on Volante's dreams. Yeah, exactly. Weidman's just like, I, I, I can't ruin this for him. He gave up the NFL for this. Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is the worst. This is the darkest podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't recorded in like two weeks, and this is what we come I back. I mean, they, this. they did this to us. <laughs> I'm just being honest yeah. about Ed Herman as an athlete and John Blonte as, as a fighter. Right? It, it, it is. Blonte should and go up this, heavy. You think? I think they mentioned it. I mean, yeah, they, like, uh, like I, I'd be with it, except like you said, John Blonte has never met a punch. He doesn't want. He, well, he can, he's unwilling to take. Well, we've seen Derek Lewis do John Volante stuff, and just knock people out at the end of it. Like I think Volante would be. You mean to tell me Volante can't walk around for five minutes, throw thirteen punches, and land one of them? I mean, maybe, but like, if somebody hits him with like the same punch Shogun hit him with, <laughs> that is a good point. We are talking about a guy who got beat by click clack knees. Like, like statistically speaking, <laughs> John Volante. The worst the defensive most, fighter. In yes, he, he he gets hit more than any other fighter in the UFC. And yet Sam Alvey. John Vellante's first heavyweight fight, Rashad Coulter. Oh, well, you have my interest now. <laughs> I'm thinking of a different fight. Yeah. Vellante against Batista. Oh. Because this WWE contract might be up. So we, we get we get the big guy. Yeah. Put, yeah, I, I'm with dude, it. Dude, put that on a poster. That's just two muscle bodies. Let's go. I mean, like, let's be real. That's the Beach FC main event. Yeah, like, Batista, all you gotta do is hit Volante, and Volante's really easy to hit. <laughs> hey. Just practice your I overhand right. I cannot believe we're giving Batista, 1-0 Batista, against the guy, <laughs> a chance against the dude who fought. Dude, with Volante's luck, he tried to take Batista down and wind up on his back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when he tried to take Fabio Maldonado down? Oh. And, like, he just grabbed his shorts and fell over? God. Volante's a good you know dude, what? too. I feel bad. I feel I feel like we're... Like, I feel bad for all these guys. They're, they're, they're all trying their best. UFC I think it boils down just... UFC I think it's just we, we think you can do better, and we just want you to do better. I mean, UFC Moncton, the performance trophy. The performance yeah. trophy show. Participation. Participation trophy, there you go. The you, Cold you Star did, Show. You did your best. There are so many other great fight cards, and I asked specifically to be on this one. What, yeah, what's wrong with you? I wanted, it's supposed to be the anniversary <laughs> of when I was on the Poland show for the first time. Yeah, why? <laughs> but that's what it is. <laughs> like, we invited you on for, like, the pay-per-view before that, and you're like, no, I can't make that one. I was but big. I can do that Poland card. No, to be honest, Joey, if you weren't on this episode, I think we would have ended this episode like an hour ago. So now I have to be on the bad one. So you guys call me for like Buenos Aires. uh... I want to do Shanghai just so I can can do all the names. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. That would be fun. All right. Let's let's round out the main card. Uh, Court McGee and Alex. Nothing happened. I root for Court McGee because he's a part of the beer gang. So. I, I, I for Court McGee. He did stick Garcia with that uh that jab that just kind of happened out of nowhere. 
<laughs> I was really befuddled. <laughs> I thought he went. I thought Garcia just kind of. Yeah, I had no idea what happened. He just took this this really awkward tumble. I was like, dude, I don't know what just happened, but it looks like you're not in a good place. But yeah, he got he got caught with like a step in jab that just happened like really quick. I think it was a left jab. Um, now this fight just kind of came down to. Um, aside from that first round, which I think probably had most of the action, after that it just kind of came down to grappling, and I think Court was just able to get the better of, of some grappling exchanges. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember this fight a ton of detail. I just remember no, you got it. again he won. I, I didn't see this fight at all, but I'm trying to imagine in my head how Court McGee beats Alex Garcia. He and, and, I'll and give it's, him props. it's mostly as just Alex as, Garcia staring at Court McGee being befuddled. As much as like Garcia seemed to have like an obviously athletic advantage, I mean you can just look at like just physically how they <laughs> look, and you, you would think Garcia would have like mowed through him, but like Court McGee was pretty like relentless with like his takedowns when they started to get the grapple. All right, so All right. he was just able to just kind of control him. Um, so. Not, not that I'm, I wasn't completely raptured by your, um, your, your, your uh, summary of the fight, but there's a man on, on this upcoming UFC Argentina card. His name is Loriano Staropoli. Yeah, he's filling in for. Uh... And that's amazing. It's a beautiful name. <laughs> What's up with your boy Enrique Barzola pulling out and ducking uh, Nad Naramani? I mean, you have to earn Barzola. Understood. Anybody else got Dude, thoughts on like, McGee and like, Garcia? <laughs> what do you want me to say? <laughs> you don't have to. I just we, say it was a court, it was a court can... McGee fight. Court McGee's an amazing person. I'm glad that he's continually getting... I'm glad that he's winning. Good for him. He's a, he's a great human being. Uh, Alex Garcia, go fight in the Bare Knuckle League. Because you're, you're tailor-made for that, like, Short round, like you're a one round fighter, which was a lot of this card, but you are in particular a one round fighter because after that first round, he had nothing. You let Court McGee just like slow man sweep you, <laughs> like old man, old man, I'll muscle you. I'm just imagining Farasahabi in his corner at the like the in Wyoming at like the boxing FC card. Or the bare knuckle FC card. <laughs> He's like, I, I coach GSP, and now I'm back to doing this shit. I just want to, right, you know what? I'm gonna be fair. Court McGee, Alex Garcia, then to be followed up by Ed Herman versus John Volante, felt like somebody in the UFC telling you to not watch the show. Like it felt like they were daring you. Tune out. Watch the World Series. They basically were asking you. It, it, it was a whole bunch of yeah. We know you're going to stick around, you fucks. Yeah, like make we, it, but don't we, rub it in my face. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, that's that's how they get off. I... <laughs> Shout out to Court McGee, man. I'm glad. No, you no, won. no I'm, I'm disrespect at all to glad Court McGee, who is genuinely a, a tremendous human being. Yeah. Shout to Court McGee. Like, I keep forgetting he's still in the UFC. I, like, I, I don't know why, but I figured he retired like years ago. He I feel like he doesn't fight like all that often. He's, he's like a, he just pops up every now and again randomly. It's like, oh, Court McGee's on. There's the a court. reason for that. 
How much court McGee is Just too much it. court McGee? Keep winning court. Beard gang supporter. Nice. Uh, I, I, I support Go up to 205. <laughs> all right so this is the part of the card where memory um is going to start failing me um this is where the good fights were i, re I remember some of them and uh, i'll, I'll I good, I I some good fights no there were some decent ones there, there were a couple Doesn't of good ones feel there like were some the good ufc ones. like you know a card is bad if the like don't you ever get that ominous feeling when everything goes off on a fight night prelim card without a hitch? Oh, dude. Any, anytime <laughs> there, there's a decent fight night prelim card, I'm like, the main card's just going to... It's all downhill from here, isn't it? Like those Australia cards where you're like, fuck, this prelim card, not too bad. And then you hit the main card, and you're three fights in, and you're looking for the nearest, like... I mean, to be... You know what? We bash light heavyweight enough. So no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You might as well. If I would have looked at this card beforehand, I would have known the kind of night <laughs> I was about to get into. <laughs> I was trying to be optimistic. You guys know me. I'm positive. And I got through that prelim slate, and I was like, we're okay. We're okay. And then it was like Court McGee, Alex Garcia. And then it was just kind of like, uh-oh. We've hit, we've hit it. Yeah. But <sighs> prelims, Sean Strickland, Nordine Taleb. Um, I remember like liking this fight, but I don't remember it much in detail other than like the finishing sequence where like Strickland just kind of started letting loose on uh, Taleb. He caught him with a couple of like one twos and backed him up. Um, landed some pretty good ground and pound. I wasn't mad at the stoppage. I saw some people who thought it was early, but. I feel like, I mean, maybe it could have went on for a couple of more seconds, but to be honest, I don't think it changes the outcome no. of the fight. If if anything, Taleb just eats more shots, and you probably end up with the same result um, just a few seconds later than, than what it, it happened. But, um, yeah, I, I remember liking this fight and it being entertaining, but I just don't remember it in ton of detail. But good on Strickland, nice finish, uh, got Taleb out in the second round. Um, up to that point, Taleb had basically kicked the crap out of Strickland's lead leg. Um, yeah, it was all like bruised up and everything. And uh, I guess Strickland just—I think he mentioned this in the post fight. Where he was like, "This is my last fight, my contract. I'm gonna just go out there." Like my thought process was, "I'm gonna just go for broke because I know I need that if the UFC is gonna keep me around." So uh, he he finally got um what he was looking for on those jabs. He got like a one two and. Just kind of cracked to lab. So props to him. Probably keeps his job going forward. Um, yeah, like I, 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 I'm like you. Yeah, I don't remember like a lot of this fight in detail. It was just a lot of like to lab kicking at Strickland's lead leg and Strickland having no answer for it up until the knockout. Yeah, was a fight, and there was a knockout. <laughs> it sure did happen. And, and there you have it. <laughs> I, I just don't know, like, to me, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what you guys want me to say about that. Like, it was a it was a good performance for Taleb, and then he got hurt, and then he never adjusted. He kept getting hit with the same combination over and over, and eventually that will... Steal the deal. So good for Sean Strickland. I feel like Strickland's one of those frustrating 170ers who should be better than he is. But he's he just should like, be at middleweight? 
Uh, I feel like didn't he? Must. I feel like didn't he have like hype at one point? Yeah, he was because he came in and I think he subbed Bubba McDaniel as a middleweight and then dropped down to one seventy, and then he just like he was like this pensive counter striker because he beat Tom Breeze. I mean, you know, he came in like he came into the UFC thirteen and zero, and was like the king of uh, the cage middleweight champion, won two fights, and. It was the Luke Barnett fight that I think he was like, you know what, I have to go down. Despite the fact that Luke Barnett is like 6'6", and he's like the rare exception to like him not being the taller fighter. I just remember the Pons and Nibio fight where he let Pons pressure him into the cage repeatedly and just flail at him. Yeah, Pons and, is great. And, and I remember... <laughs> <laughs> you want to just talk about other veteran like, like welterweights? I mean, Remember when Aliza Zaleski knocked him out? He's great. Yeah, he is. I'm not both disagreeing great. with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. Sean Strickland has the potential to be on that level with those guys, though. He's just not. It shouldn't take the last fight of your deal to be like, fuck, I really got to put it on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, hopefully if they, you know, if they bring him back, then hopefully he'll have a new approach, I guess. I mean, did he get, was he one of the bonus winners tonight? Tonight? Yeah, no. I don't think, I don't think anybody won a bonus tonight. Uh, okay. No, uh, well, according to Wiki, uh, performance of the night was uh, uh, Don Madge and Anthony Smith fight of the night. Oh, actually, the next fight, uh, Little Gastelum and uh, Gowdy. That wasn't really a fight. So let's get to that, actually, because I was... This was actually, like, the one fight I was, like, excited for, because I just wanted to see Little Gastelum. Um, it's uncanny. That <laughs> it really is uncanny. <laughs> literally, Nazareth, uh, Hack, 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 and uh, Tibalt Gaudi, um, Nazareth, aka Little Gastelum. He's literally the 155 reincarnation of Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah, no, they look exactly. Like, they're they're the same person. Like <laughs> the same person with further weight loss. Yep. Like. <laughs> That's that's the only difference, but now nah, I've been from Nazareth like last few fights. I've just been really excited to see like how he's just gonna keep progressing. Um, this fight was no different, man. Dude, Nazareth keeps like a, an insane pace, always in your face, constantly throwing. He made that there was more than one occasion where he rocked Gaudi and Gaudi did the full blown Chris Hordecki run. Like like he, he, there was he punched he he caught Gowdy with like a right turned him around Gowdy ran like all the way across the punched over like (laughs) he looked like Igor escaping with the the Franks it turned into like a police chase (laughs) like (laughs) Gowdy. Gowdy literally ran all the way around the <laughs> But, I mean, props to Gowdy, because he, he he was just in there trying to survive, man. Because Nazrat is just, this dude is really just super relentless. Like, he throws with reckless abandon, but he's in your face the entire time. You don't really get a ton of, I, I feel like he's one of those guys when you fight him and you don't get, like a lot of time to really think about what's going on it's just it's just all happening so fast and you just kind of need to you either sink or swim and 
Gaudi, well, he ran. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess there are other options. But no, props to Gaudi, though, because he, he, I mean, he was trying to throw back. He was trying to make it competitive. Just props for him just for even surviving because he, oh, no, the, the teep kick was what made him run. He caught a kick to the stomach, and it backed him up. And then I think he caught, like, a right hand, and then he proceeded to run and roll and he was you folded know. up about 17 different times. Yeah, that third yeah. Like, yeah, it was crazy that Nazareth didn't... Like, I feel like if, if there was nowhere for Gaudi to run, Nazareth would have got a finish. Like, it, running just extended to Gaudi's life and got him out of that fight. Because he... Yeah, like you said, it, it was more than one occasion when he was about to be out of there. Like, man, little little Gastelum is... I like this guy, man. I, I'm... I've, I really like this guy. He's really fun to watch. Um, like just another guy in lightweight, just another killer. Not even ranked in the top fifteen, but uh, pretty sure he could give anybody problems. Um, I wouldn't mind at this point seeing Nazareth fight like a, a bigger name at this point. Uh, I've I've seen enough of him to where I, I want to see him make that that next leap. If he can keep doing this every fight. Um, I'm pretty sure fans would like him. He's entertaining. I've, I've never, at least in the last few fights, none of his fights have been boring. He, like I said, he's he's just a little lightweight gasoline, just out here being as violent as as one can be. But um, yeah, I was excited to see this fight, and it it gave me everything I wanted. Mm. <clears throat> I, I, I really don't much to add here because, like you guys said, it was um. Great performance from uh, Akbar asked, uh God, I'm sorry, I'm just, uh, parts of the fight. Uh, because, again, I was watching all of this at a freaking concert that I had to work today. Um, yeah, it's uncanny. Like, it's uncanny how much he fights like Kelvin Gastelum. While looking exactly like Kelvin Gastelum. So... <clears throat> that was cool. Um, like Cowdy, I'm trying to remember. Like, what? There were there were a couple of French dudes who the UFC signed off that season of Tough. Yeah. And I remember I was like really high on one of them, and he ended up failing out. And I think Cowdy was the other one. And now looking at his record, he is like one five in the UFC. But some of those are like short notice, and X guy missed weight, and he probably beat Sage Northcutt. But I mean, I mean, did he really though? I, Gaudi on this card fit well because Gaudi is another one of those guys who just like you're trying your best, and yeah. on a show full of dudes trying their best, he's like the trying your bestiest of the best. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, Sensei fair. taught me with the police chase, but I was gonna say that he looked like <laughs> the Bigfoot footage, like hunched over, <laughs> arms <laughs> swinging, kind of getting away as quickly as he could. Hot press, <laughs> I like him so much, but I that second round was a little worrisome. He started to give ground. Thibault Gauti is a bit like Artem Lobov in the sense that if you continually let them press you, and you get the and they can get you to panic. You're going to open up opportunities for them to just out, I don't know, like slug you. Yeah. And yeah, like just in the second round, he just kind of 
outslugged Hack Parast and made him uncomfortable. I didn't give him the round, but I know I think he did win a round or two. And correction, he won a round on I think two different scorecards. Um, that third round was perfect from Hack Parast. Just he found something that worked, kept going to it, and was opening up the stuff upstairs off of it. I don't know how ready I am to see him take a big step up, but I. He should not be fighting uh, Thibaut Gauti, so. Is he really 5'10"? You him like a... Gauti or Hakparast? Hakparast. I don't know why, he looks short. Really? Yeah, he does so not look like he's 5'10". Boxy, man. but he looks short. Maybe because you're comparing him to Kelvin Gastelum, and uh. he looks ultra short compared to his clone dad, I guess. I don't know. I mean, is it Kelvin <laughs> Gastelum like 5'10"? Yeah, but that's different, kind of. He's fighting at middleweight. I'd like to, you know He's what? So Kelvin Gastelum. Is he really? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe he's Gastelum, but they forgot to like uh... stretched out. He was he was in the same lab. They just adjusted the settings. I see. Like when you change the brightness. <laughs> I, <see. laughs> I like Hawk Frost a lot. I he's getting close to the Jim Miller test. He's he, he's yeah. He's, I, he's I like close that. to I like the Jim Miller. Are you good enough test? And Debo Gauti will probably survive again because he's got the fight of the night. So that means they probably want to keep him around. So uh, work on that run. <laughs> Crouch walk. <laughs> he was sneaking like Solid Snake, getting into the right position. <laughs> We're making fun of this man, but he probably shit his pants on that body shot because that looked awful. Yeah, that. And then there was cool. one where. He kicked him, and he ha- he like hunched over to one side and was trying to backpedal. So, uh, Hawk Parast kicked him in the other side of his body, <laughs> like, which is a real dick thing to do, by the way, to a. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, Hawkprost, oh, my main worry with Hawk Parast is the David Tamer Tamer thing, where you're really good, but you really need to consider getting a finish soon. So. You know, because lightweight. Yeah, because there's always going to be a guy, like you. You kind of need to either that or you need to beat up a really reputable dude. Like if you beat up Nick Lentz for three rounds, people are going to look at you differently. Right. Hawk Prost. We'll see. I'm 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 on the little Gastelum bandwagon. Uh, we'll 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 see how far this train goes. Um. But yeah, that that was a nice violent fight. And this next fight I was actually looking uh forward to. Next fight moving down the ladder. Uh, Calvin Cater and Chris Fishgold. Um might correct me if I'm wrong. Fishgold was a champ in what organization? Cage Warriors. Uh, I was gonna Cage. say Bama. Bama? Okay. Ooh, now I gotta look it up. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm no, it had that. cage warriors because they had the footage. They don't get Bama. Yes, yeah, I was gonna say Bama too. I'm glad I did. <laughs> I thought it was Bama, but uh, he comes in, makes his uh, debut against uh, Cater. Um, not a not a bad debut. I mean, he really took it to Cater, and well, it only ended it fight ended in the first round. But for the first few minutes, like he was in Cater's face, he was throwing a lot. Um, he looked like he was really trying to get the finish um i just had this feeling that cater was going to win because even through the shots that he took he had to just have this calm about him like he was just kind of waiting for the right moment and he just 
he just needed to land like that one good shot or that one good combination and it would be over and i mean that's kind of what happened um <laughs> you know cater stayed patient through the entire fight he never looked too rattled he picked the shots pretty well and then i, I want to say he caught was it a one two he caught him like right. over like yeah, he head. caught him right behind the ear yeah and he just <laughs> dropped him and it, it sucks for fish gold because of, like up to that point he was having like a pretty good performance and you know for for a debut it, 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 it was going pretty well but Cater stayed patient. He got that one-two, dropped him, landed some ground and pound, and that's that's all she wrote. Um, but no, I I just appreciated the calm that Cater kept. Like you're fighting a guy on his debut, he comes at you guns blazing, but Cater never looked rattled. He just you know he stayed within himself and he waited for his moment. It came, he took it, and he he, he gets the W. Yeah. Um. Garrett, like, we've been over this before, but Garrett's, like, a really nice job that he used to bludge his shit out of fish gold before knocking him out. Um, uh, I, I'm more than Cater, like, on uh, fish gold, like, I was not, uh, I'm, like, I'm looking forward to seeing him again, because, like, he, he looked good up, up until, you know, getting his face busted, and he looked really good. Like, I I haven't watched Cage Warriors in a minute, um, so I, I I haven't seen any of his other fights. But like, if this is what he fights like, and at least fights at this great pace, and he's he's in there, he's mixing it up and moving his head like he was. Like I, I'm looking forward to seeing him fight it more. Um, that's for Cater, like you know, great bounce back fight after. Uh, yeah, this is after he lost to Hanam Wakano, so. Um. Yeah, looking forward. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing both of them move forward. Uh, I, I really hope. Uh, we. Uh, God, I can't remember the name of the dude I want to see him fight. Um. You know what? Who is uh, who's the beat supposed to fight next? Nobody. Nobody. No, no, not. I don't think he has an announced opponent. I know that he was looking for Mendez. Yeah, well, that doesn't that, seem to that, be happening. Good on the UFC because I think that's a fight that he loses. Really? Uh, yeah. That's interesting. A lot but, of people uh, seem to think. That. Be, I think that's to beat against who? Chad Mendez. But if the, if they're looking for an opponent, um, I, I'd like to see him fight Qatar. That'd be interesting. Gator, whatever. Yes, it's just his name. Doesn't matter, yeah. man. Yeah, no, it doesn't. You know how many times? <laughs> like, how many times we pronounce? Fighters' names like ten different ways when we're talking about them. I see. But yeah, like Kater uh, versus uh, Magomed Sharapov. So yeah, not bad. I don't have anything. To add. The only thing I can add is that from now on, if you see a fighter who's three fights into his deal, and he's randomly on, or three fights into the UFC, and he's randomly on the prelims, assume it's a contract thing. Because because when we were. <clears throat> When I was doing the write-up for this card, I was like, why is this fight on the... Because you look at the main card and you've got friggin' everything we've discussed prior to the main and co-main. <laughs> and then you're like, this fight is really good, and it turned out to be really good, so why is it here? Cater is on in the last fight of his deal. There you go. <clears throat> oh, boy. Just their way of dealing with that. 
mean, that sounds like the USC. I mean, it, it sounds like freaking Joe Silva. Is, I'm almost surprised that he's he's not partly responsible. Like you can't can't get rid of his spirit. His spirit lives on, and it's only business. It only makes sense to do it business wise. If you don't have, if you're not sure if a guy you want to bring him back, like I, I get that. But why would you not be sure you want to bring back Calvin Cater? I'm assuming it's more like, oh, you didn't want to sign a deal before your deal was oh, up. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's because the, they definitely do try to jump the boat a little bit on these guys and get them one fight in. All right, good fight. Shouldn't have been on the prelims. Yeah, yeah. But there are a lot of things that shouldn't have happened on this card. But Jesus Christ, <laughs> we just spoke about it for two hours. Now you say that. <laughs> but moving on. Uh, women's bantamweight. Talina Bernardo, Sarah Maras. I'm really mad because I watched this fight twice. Why? Sorry to hear that. <laughs> Sorry. And I, <laughs> Sorry, man. I don't remember much. I remember some takedowns happening. Um, yeah. Joey, you're going to have to explain it to us because I didn't watch this fight. <laughs> That's because you're afraid. You knew what I was going to say about it. I mean, yeah. It's just bad. This division's bad. This division's just bad. Like, there, there's... <clears throat> this division was really hot, and then it just... Through negligence and through just poor development of fighters who should develop, it's just, you know, it's bad. Sarah Morris seems like a great person, but, like, this is a winnable fight for her, and I feel like so many of these 135 fights outside of the top 10... They feel like Invicta fights, where it's like two really raw prospects who just kind of, you know, I'll like, do this, and then you do this. Like, there were sweeps and transitions that felt so rudimentary, and, you know, like, everybody gets into striking range just to make sure that they can clinch, because they don't want to get too close into striking ranges. It was a... It's crazy to think that this is this was what Morass is, like, ninth fight of her career, and she's been fighting for almost a decade. That's what I'm saying, like, it... it, it where are the prospects in this division? Fighting at 128 in Brazil somewhere. Just a Musagato. I'm just saying, like, I, like, you, because you, I know you in particular think I'm harsh on some of these divisions. No, no, like, I, I, I think you're fair. I, like, it, my, some of these divisions require more care than they get. And, like if you if you want to be like for real for real like two oh five like I, I joke it should be banned and or removed from MMA but like it is a pro- it, like I've I've been talking about this problem with two oh five since like John Jones versus Rashad Evans yeah it was not a it was not a slow building process. Yeah, like the 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 fall of the two hundred five division is long and gradual. It is not is overnight like all the good fighters left. Um, like with women's bantamweight, like you, you had to bring you have to bring in people. You have to try things out. Yeah, and and when we broke when I broke it down, and I think you did too. It was like first off, no division could survive. Like half of the top ten of this division left. Ronda yeah. left. Misha retired. Holly was fighting at 145. Sarah McMahon just didn't pan out. Um, she also doesn't fight very often. What's the name of the What's the name of the woman who? Cat. 
Zingano got Zingano to disappeared and fell apart. And her uh, no, life but, kind of fell apart. Right. Well, I'm talking about injury wise. Yeah. Um, because like you can't fault somebody for what happened outside of their, you know, especially something like that. Yeah, like that's something uh, you can't count for. Right. Juliana Pena got pregnant and just never developed like as a fighter. Shevchenko left. Like it's hard to rebuild divisions when you lose talent that quickly. But I don't see what's out there, and like like I'm not I'm not I'm not hot on the idea of seeing Gina Mazzani and Lena Landsberg and Yannick Kunitskaya try to make their way to a fight against Amanda Nunes that's going to be wholly uncompetitive. Yeah. And Caitlin Vieira's hurt now, so who knows, like, now you've lost that option. And Aspen Ladd should never make that that cut again. I'm sorry? Aspen Ladd should never make that weight cut again, so I don't want to... Yeah. Like, that, and she is probably the best 135 prospect out there. Yep. Like, it's not that the... uh... Like, I, I want to say like, it's not that there aren't women out there. It's just like, e- even if you bring them in, it's going to take a while for them to be something. And you've got a, a fan base that you got to hit quick. Exactly. Because they're not going to be patient enough to sit through the growing pains that some of these fighters had on regional scenes from 2011 to 2013. Exactly. Like, freaking um, uh, Liana Jojo could come into the UFC and not be ready to fight for a title for like another four years because she's only 20, like 22 or something. That's great. It's just weird because 135 got a jump compared to 115 relative to the UFC, and now it's like the 135 division is just a barren wasteland. And 115 and 125, like 125's got its problems finding a champion, but there's a lot of talent in that division. I'm, I'm. I think it's just depth. Like, yeah, yeah, there are just more flyweights out there and more strawweights out there than there are women's bantamweights. This is why, you know, I'm I'm with you when you talk about dipping into other sports, testing just to see if it works. Get some women in from other sports and see if you can <clears throat> if you can find something for them. Yeah, like go to soccer. Go to go to you know. Basketball. Go sign whoever gets like a freaking bronze medal at the world championships or up and just be like, hey, we'll give you $50,000 to try out MMA for a year. Because it's probably way more than they make wrestling. How are you going to make that money up, though? <laughs> I mean, they, these are small time investments in. I, I know. I was... High stock. I'm. Like, I get what you're saying. Waste, they're not gonna waste like. I don't see them wasting money. Wasting in theory. Yeah, they're not trying to build anybody from scratch. Yeah. They're not taking the Bellator approach. Which they should. You know, especially here, which they absolutely should. Because like there's like Ronda Rousey proved there's a market for her like that style of marketing. I guess like. There, there's an appetite for fighting in like that market where with young girls and soccer moms, right? Like, 
there are pathways to maybe you never you're probably never going to get another Ronda Rousey because if we're being honest, how many Ronda Rouseys have there ever been in MMA? Like male or female? Like two, three, right? So, and how many of them are going to get the leeway Ronda Rousey did? Right. Because think about it, what fighter is going to be like, uh, like Ronda's take after Sandy Hook? Like, what fighter could get away with that? Which I think, like, I think the thing that saved her is that she was in the UFC. Was she at the time, or was she not? She was not. I thought she was. She wasn't. She was. I feel like she probably would have been saved anyway. To be, I honest. mean, probably, but it it would have been a bigger thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm just saying, like, I you. But even if you never find another Ronda Rousey, is there a reason why you just can't try? Yeah. <laughs> Too much effort. <laughs> I don't. I don't no, know. No, no, no. I feel like they're just You're, not. And Andy Cole has a pretty yeah, good they're... saying when he says the UFC sometimes doesn't like anything that's hard. Like they want everything easy. Yeah. No, yeah. No, no. No. Nobody trying to invest in a project. It's either you're ready or get out of here. <laughs> and that's the thing, like, and yeah. we give boxing all this shit for, like, taking their time to develop guys. But, like, that's why they end up staying around so long and having such, like, long and, like, prosperous careers. But I think that the MMA, like, the volatility of MMA is such that it's, it's like, almost impossible to do that. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's almost impossible to... And I think that the boxing audiences are smarter in the sense that they get what's going on. They may not like it, but they get it. Whereas MMA fans are just going to be like, well, why isn't he fighting the champion yet? Yeah. Like two fights in. Like, all right, well, fight the fight. The MMA fans are, we're, we're trash. Rude. <laughs> Rude. Unnecessary. Abusive. Oh, man. All right, so this next fight is honestly the only other fight I'm, like, excited to talk about because these last two I don't remember. I don't even think we talked about the Bernardo's Morales fight. There's nothing to talk about. Yeah, I, I oh, know, I know, that's really... what I mean. Um, but Bernardo won via decision. Oh, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a podcast that I'm on if at some point the Anacool doesn't say, by the way, so-and-so won, and how. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, fight, that fight happens. Um, it was a thing. There were punches thrown. There were yeah, punches grown. There were takedowns. There was grappling. That happened for three rounds. There was a. Uh, I think there was a Kimura, a Kimura attempt at one point. I don't remember it, but I'll take it. Wait, perfect. <laughs> Say so. Perfect. Next fight. That's your Done. division. You didn't even watch it. Just leave me alone. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. I never said I have faith in either one. <laughs> <laughs> Next fight, Don Madge, uh, Tay Edwards, or according to Wiki, it's T. Jova. T. Edwards. Edwards. They just called. They just called him T. Edwards on it. I'm just calling him T. Because that's what they said on the I'm show. gonna call him T. Jova because uh, but... that's what his mother calls him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so apparently these guys were two prospects. Um, I, I think T. Edwards was was he on a contender series? Yes, he was. MMA Lab too. He's a uh, one of their one of their guys. Uh, so he and Don, who's actually from EFC, I think. But what's that South? What's yeah, that? no, you're right. Oh, EFC South like... Africa, or worldwide, yeah, or whatever they want to call themselves nowadays. So, uh, 
this was a I guess you could say like a two, two prospects going at it um both dudes came in definitely just just throwing like caution to the wind we're, we're here to to put on the show um it was a very entertaining fight um Madge rocked Edwards early um but Edwards uh got his wits about him ended up taking him down um really entertaining uh first round like two dudes who were just like I said just really really going at it but my god that that second round uh so Madge threw a I think it was a left head kick and it looked like Edwards blocked it but like Part of it kind of like went through his guard, and I think it kind of like caught him on the ear, and he kind of he, he hit one of those stumbles. He was running. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> he hit one of those moves where it's like, uh oh, this this is about to be over. And uh, Mudge followed that up with a right head kick, and he just if there was no cage, he would have just fell over. Um, but he just kind of collapsed. <laughs> uh, he grabbed the leg, but he was out. Like he, I, I think the leg grab was just kind of because even after the um, the head kick, he grabbed the ref's leg afterwards. So clearly he had no idea what was going on. He was just kind of out of there. But um, all I remember thinking after this fight is I just want to see both of these guys fight again. Um, even though Edwards lost, he he, there were things about him like he looks really athletic. He looks explosive. He looks like somebody who could put on some, you know, exciting fights. And Maj obviously got the win, so. But, no, th this was a really fun fight between, uh, I would guess, our two prospects. Two guys I definitely want to see fight again. Um, but I'm, I'm all about head kick KO, so this this, uh, this was awesome for me. Former Old Dominion wrestler. Yep. Hmm. Didn't know that. Yeah, they said um, he, I forget, they mentioned something about his wrestling and the, broadcast something about he said he felt like he could have done a lot more in wrestling apparently but... he got arrested yeah. so that probably didn't help <laughs> i'd i'd suppose not but um yeah no like you said this, is, this fight not went fire tonight because i i have a theory that if if all things are equal the guy who shows the grit and the heart will get the bonus. Yeah, it sounds like Dana. So, un un unless it's like a complete, but uh, unless it's like a complete one-sided demolishing. So, honestly, though, like I'm, it was a good fight, and and I was a little concerned about T. Edwards because his contender series win was like 13 seconds long, but I knew he was a big-time prospect out of LFA. I forgot who trains with, with Mage or Maj. Um, and they've been like on Twitter talking about him for forever now. So some people thought big of him. And he definitely came out and really impressed. I was impressed by it. Uh, the offensive versatility was great. He was doing things that, you know, there's always that kind of contained frenzy in a slugfest. Like who's still making technical decisions. And he was doing that. And he obviously got the knockdown. And on the ground, he looked really good, really fluid and smart. Aggressive grappling, which is what you want to see from a guy who is stuck on his back underneath a wrestler. Like, he, he took advantage of small openings that other guys would have... I didn't even mention the arm. Yeah, that was... A, look, at, look, look at me bringing some, something to the table besides <laughs> anger. So he, uh, he scored some, some interesting submission attempts and also good control on the ground. Always a fan of that. Don't ever be... 
don't ever concede that you're taken down and look for a stand-up. You know, Anna Cole talks all the time about conceding nothing in a fight. Um, it's a loss for the Contender Series, and, you know, they're not slumping because they just had a guy win on that, but the Contender Series at its heart, at its core, is just looking to get new guys into the UFC. Maybe you find a star, maybe you don't. But Edwards had at least a little bit of promise, so this was a bit of a bummer if you're a Contender Series guy. And I think, is Mage the first, like, EFC dude to win a fight? Uh, did Gareth win a fight? Did who? McClellan. McClellan. I don't think he did. Who was the other dude? Maybe Bubba Bob? Bush. But that fight didn't really happen. <laughs> You're not going to fucking convince me that fight Get out of here with that shit. Who's the fuck's Bubba Bush? Uh, if I remember right, he's the dude who fought the leech. Or am I thinking Bobby Nash? Bobby Nash fought the leech. Okay. Did Bubba oh, he Bush fought Kevin fight... Casey. Oh, I was going to say, did he fight Robert Drysdale? No, no, that was um. I was gonna say Bubba been, Bush is definitely a, a fight pass prelim name. Bubba Bush Bubba, is like, Bubba Bush is like the guy you fight in EA, EA UFC to get like a UFC contract deal. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba the fighting Texas Aggie Bush. Oh no! Get out of here! Get out! Of, get out! Of here. We don't root for the Aggies oh, over man. here, bro. <laughs> the Terps. But uh, not. That's I'm actually bad, a Longhorn fan. The really? Best. Awesome. Horn this weekend was fan. double painful for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don Madge, best South African <laughs> fighter ever. There we go. The GOAT. <laughs> What's his competition? Gareth McClellan. I see. Ron Potts. Ron Potts. Um, did, they ha- did they have another South African heavyweight? I feel like they did, but we haven't. Like, I'm lo- I, I don't know. Mage was good, though, and I'm excited to see both of these guys going forward. I think my only, not bad thing, but the only, like, one thought that creeped in my mind after this fight was like, oh, you're in lightweight. <laughs> Boy, is it not going to get in? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a thought. Like, if you're if you're T. Edwards, like, this is not going to suddenly lead to a easy road easy back. Fight. Yeah. You might, you might get Tebow Gouty, who, you know, we've seen. He, he's a tough out. Right. Yeah. Lightweight is almost so good. It's it's almost too good for its own good. It's like there's so many guys. It's just like a lot of you. If just... you were if you had the same skills and you were in a different weight class. Look at David right. Tamer. Like <laughs> Tamer is like doing nothing. But if he was a light heavyweight, he would have fought for the title and headlined in Sweden by now, like twelve times. Yeah. Poor light, light heavyweight. That's light, a team light's that unfair. When you're small, it is. It is. Dude, like it is. And, and they just like just think how good like Khabib and Tony and McGregor and like Dustin Poirier are, where they're actually like above all these people. Yeah, that's like that's the weirdest thing. thing, right? Like you work your way up to the top of one fifty five, and you get Khabib or Anthony Pettis or Dustin. Like even Anthony Pettis, who's on the decline, is really good. Like you get one or Kevin Lee, and it's like. Again, other divisions. You get if you start making the climb up the rankings, you're greeted by David Branch or Brad Derek Tavares, Brunson, Derek Brunson, Brad Tavares, or Hila Latifi. David Branch is a tough out. But being like to hold the title at 155. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> even if there's like like even we joke about the interim titles at 155, but the interim 155 champion is probably better than. 
legitimate champions at other weight classes. Oh, absolutely. Just skill wise. Uh, Alright, so I'm going to be honest. I'm looking at these next two fights. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything to add. Arjun Bular needs, needs to get some easier entries. His, like, fake uh, DC brawl into clinches doesn't work all the time. Yeah, that's just, <laughs> yeah he's, he's basically cutthroat da- uh, Daniel Cormier. He's what Arjun is, Bilard and Marcelo Gome. I just remember he ate a lot of leg. Yeah, he ate he a lot of leg kicks, and he kept getting clipped, getting into punching range because he just wanted to. Th- there was one part where he went for a takedown, but they were both like, he entered in so awkwardly that he he and Gome were bumping forearms, like fist bumping one another in that range just to get the clinch. And it's like, dude, you're so much faster than him. There has to be easier entries for you. And then he started to make adjustments, and it was a little better. It was a little better down the stretch. I thought he lost the fight, but I could see people giving him, you know, two and three. So, whatever. I like Bular. I, I have high hopes for him. I just wish he would relax. He fights like the great value version of Daniel Cormier. Basically, yeah. <laughs> That's got to still be I mean, that's good enough to win you a lot of fights at heavyweight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just on activity level alone. Because he won this fight on activity level. Like, he just pressured Golem until Golem couldn't do anything. And Golem broke his foot. So. I mean, at, th- at this point for heavyweights, if you show any sort of promise, I just kind of root for you, just off principle. Please be something. So, yeah, it's just be something. <laughs> be, be something. I just don't know who he would fight. Because at heavyweight, you're two wins in, and then you're fighting Fabricio Verdum or Stefan Shrews or Martian Tibora. Sink or swim with the rest of the old guys. And he can he can fight um what's his face? Uh, crap. Who's the dude? Uh, you can tell I'm fried because I, I've given I, I've I've given up on names. Fight the guy who wears the the, the diaper. Uh, Albini. <laughs> <laughs> He's a win away from an Arlovsky Renaissance resurgence fight. <laughs> go fight Justin Willis. There you go. Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> uh, I mean, last yeah. fight. No, I was the, just gonna say like it's was... worth pointing out. Blard lost, and his bounce back fight was against one of the best prospects in the division. It's like there's no consistent like pattern with these guys. Wait, Gomes one of the best prospects in the division? Yeah, unfortunately. Oh God. Oh my God. Well, he's one of the best Brazilian prospects. Okay. Unless you think Augusto Sakai has big uh... upside, no. Yeah, okay. I think we're I think we're seeing his upside, and and it's fun, but th- th- this is probably as high as he gets. He's a... I won't make fun of Augusto. He did a lot better than I thought he would, because his Bellator fights, well, some of the ones I saw, were not uh not anything to to. Well, what's his name? Sherman didn't try to take him down. He had a hell of a post-fight celebration, too. Good for him, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to scalp this guy. Just be like, yeah, thanks to the referee for letting me beat him up longer than I needed yeah, to. Yeah, what an <laughs> absolute madman. I mean, I'm, I'm here for uh, it. I see. I'm here for it. Let's, okay. let's go. Be petty. Ruslan Magomedov against Arjun Bular in the hairiest men oh. of all time heavyweight contest. Oh, he's coming off suspension soon. No, not Ruslan Magomedov. What's his name? Shit. Oh, he fought Arlovsky. Who uh, hasn't? 
<laughs> fucking <laughs> that, bro. No, the uh, God, he fought Derek Lewis. Uh, oh my God, I can't believe I don't remember his name. I talk about him all the time. Alexei Olenek? No, not Alexei Olenek. Jesus Christ. Ah, uh, keep oh, talking. Shamil, Abur- uh, Shamil. Shamil, yeah. Abdurrahimov, yeah. Arjun Bolar versus Abdurrahimov in like the hairiest man wrestling contest. People keep, like, they keep the UFC trade keeps trying to sell Abdurrahimov as like a prospect, and like he's like thirty eight years old. I mean, at heavyweight, 38 is 30. 38 so. with like, no movement <laughs> skills whatsoever. Just a big... He, he moves like Muck, like the Pokemon. Just a big slur. <laughs> <laughs> a big oozing force. Uh, speaking of being petty, this last fight gave me a petty thought. Stevie Ray. How do you say this gentleman's name? Uh, Jessen. Yeah, I, I got robbed. Um, I thought so, too. <laughs> I guess I'm going to be the guy on the oh, other side of the fence. Defend <laughs> your stance. You know my thought in this fight? I already kept, like... <laughs> I am try- I can't think of, like, a parallel to, to draw this to. He kept getting really close and doing a lot of flailing movements, but not a lot was really happening. And I'm like, you're going like, to lose on output alone. Yeah, I, I, yeah. You're going to lose this fight. Like, he kept... It was like... <laughs> It's like in basketball, you have all the handles, but there's no jump shot. Like, <laughs> like it was a lot of flash. There was a lot of, ooh, he's going to do something. Ooh, he crossed him over. And then, it, like, he crossed him over on the fast break, and then he Like that episode of the Boondocks. Right, <laughs> exactly. Like, and there was just, I mean, it's not that he didn't land shots. It was just like, dude, you. I don't think you're as, as far ahead in this fight as you think you are. <laughs> like, you could be. And you should be, <laughs> but like you're just Stevie Ray is gonna win just because he's trying to do a little bit more, and you're just kind of. I I felt like he should have won, but when he didn't get the nod, I was like, nah, that's what kind of happens. You should have. If you just would have threw just a little, if there was a little more there, you would have you would have gotten some. But you just a lot of flash. It was a lot of promise, and there just wasn't a lot of. Yeah. So when he lost, I was like, yeah, you kind of, I, I figured you were going to lose. Because you just, too much flash, not enough substance. Just throw it a little bit more. You probably would have won that. But, um, yeah, that's that's how I felt. I like what he did, though. Like, in the little spurts where he was throwing, but just not enough all around. But I'll, I'll stand on that island by myself. You go stand on that island. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not. Go- I'm not gonna. I can't really defend my stance because this is more of a feeling that I remember from having from watching it seven hours ago. To be fair, if I was gonna fight with Sensei, it would not be about fucking Justin Iari versus Stevie Ray. I would pick a a bigger topic to have a beef on. How dare you insult Scotland's greatest fighter? Joanne? Is Joanne fighting? Is she? She's she's Canadian now. It doesn't count. Oh, <laughs> uh, good point. What about Paul Craig? What about Paul Craig? Okay, you know what? That's podcast. I don't tr- like. What part of I don't trust people with two first names? Did you not understand? <laughs> what about Stevie Ray then? Ray is Ray is a first and last name. It, it, that is acceptable. Get out of here. 
The only Stevie Ray that matters is Booker T's brother. <laughs> and <laughs> the better half of Harlem Heat. Whoa. He is the better half Uh-oh. of Harlem Heat. Get out of here. I'll stand on Uh-oh. that mountain. Uh-oh. <laughs> Take on all comers. So this was actually not a bad fight. I feel really bad kind of just m- mowing over it, but like... When... No, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. I, I think I was... This was every Stevie Ray fight since Paul Felder broke his everything, and like, he, he's too pensive, so he wants to be a counter-striker, but then he's too reckless and just runs in like, I got the fists, and like, he'll run into combinations that just like he's too aggressive or he's too pensive and Jessen Ayari was happy to take the center and pressure him but then not do anything. And if you if you pressure a guy who wants to counter and he's able to hit you a few times in the midst of a 23 flail exchange then you're going to probably lose a decision. So say la vie. Say la vie and so it goes. Well, are we done? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but we talked about UFC Moncton for three hours, guys. You guys, what's up? That's part of the course. Actually, I I think that's better. I think that's better than what we normally do. You got to admit that that takes a lot of skill and Well, I I would say, too, had the Mighty Mouse thing not happened, we probably would have been out a little earlier. But still, we stretched this out for a card that didn't have a ton to go on. I think we made this seem a lot more exciting than it probably actually Someone out there put together a supercut of all the things we said about 205. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then it's going to wind up on my timeline. I'm going to have to explain it to Alex. <laughs> and he's going to be like, I gave you I gave you this name to use, and you're starting fights with John Vellante. I mean, at least he's hittable. <laughs> good, good point. I suppose good point. Good point. Good point. He's gonna be like, "This is why you. This is why you can't do podcasts. This is why you're not allowed to add people. <laughs> not allowed to follow people. This is just adding on." We just want John Vellante. We want. We want the best for John Vellante. We just hope that he wants the best for himself. I want someone at two hundred five to care the way that I care as a consumer. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I have no response. <laughs> Outside of a few. A very select few. Um, I don't know. Two, 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 two hundred five. Going to two hundred five. I guess so. Max. But um, that was UFC Moncton. Um, a time I'm still not convinced was... isn't in Germany. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. I it thought it was in Ma- German to me. This is like this I is thought like it was in, I thought it was in go, Maine. Go ahead. Go ahead, Sense. No, I was just, I thought it was in Maine. <laughs> Moncton, Maine. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It made Maine, Montana, somewhere in the Dakotas. I'm not going to say what this sounds like, but I, I'm going to bottle it up. <laughs> I'm not going to say what it sounds like. I'm going to keep it to myself. <laughs> I think I'm an enemy on this podcast now. <laughs> you know, this car was... It was think about this. It was like, just you're going to listen happened. to a pod. You might listen to many MMA podcasts. You're going to listen to an MMA podcast that's going to actually lie to you. And try to analyze some of these fights technically, as if any of them, like, will ever, like, you're going to remember them tomorrow. Like, we gave you the honest truth about some of these fights. And we were fair and, and gave criticism where it was due and praise where it was due. Yeah. Like, this card wasn't all bad. Like, there are moments to go back and rewatch. 
Um, it was one of those cards, like, if you watched it, cool. If you didn't catch it, like, go back and watch, like, the main event. Uh, watch Little Gastelum. Um, watch the prelims and watch the main event. Yeah. Yeah, the prelims and the main it event. Was, and the rest yeah. of the card you can just read about if you choose to. It was not as good as I've made it sound, but it was not as bad as the Anikal has made it sound. So it's, like, in that middle ground. Between the dirt worst and, like, moderately good. Yeah. Next week will be better. We hope. I mean, Derek Lewis will be champion, so. <laughs> we'll see. We'll I don't think, see. I don't think we can get Derek Lewis all that power. I say we, we, we're potentially one punch away from the greatest post-fight interview. You know for a fact if he wins, he's doing like a sex tape with him wearing the belt. <laughs> it's coming. I don't know if I said this on the podcast, but if Derek Lewis wins, I'm buying his Reebok kit. Yeah, you, you, I think you did, you did mention that. At least on your Tumblr deal. Ah, that's still crazy. He made those "My Balls Are Hot" T-shirts. I don't know if those are still on sale, but <laughs> that was a thing for like a week. Dude, what you, what you see, like? What's sad is those t-shirts look better than his Reebok kit. Well, it's just like, his the name. The quality of them. <laughs> but, like, it, just the quality of the shirt, like, just looked better. Like, the material. It, it looked like they somebody actually cared when they made that shirt. We're going to have a hard time plugging Sensei's book after all this bullshit. That'd <laughs> 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 totally dawned on me. I was like, all right, my shout-out, I was going to mention the book, but, like, I don't... Do we want that book associated with this? Nah, that'd be all right. I mean, they know what they came here for. Yeah, you know what you're getting into. We're, we're, we're 107 episodes in. Well, if you're a new listener, you, maybe you don't know what you're into. But um, if you're a new listener, you found go out. back and listen to all the other ones we did. <laughs> and then you'll be caught up. And you'll be like, why are some of these episodes like an hour? Why are some of them four hours? What's different? Because <laughs> life happens. We have no self-control. We really don't. Yeah. Like, and... and, and the better the fights, the better the analyst, like the analysis. But the worse the fights, the worse on track we stay. Because you have to find something to talk about. And when the fight doesn't give you anything to talk about, you just fill the air with nonsense. Yeah, well, not just... nonsense. I think we addressed some, some very important critiques. You know what's funny? I'm kind of thinking it back now as we're killing time before we wrap this fucking thing up. And I'm like, we started on a very serious, like, important damn good discussion about this trade and then once the actual fights happened we just melted. <laughs> like because yeah this is one of the, you had to make your own fun talking about this card because if you just took it for face value yes wasn't wasn't a ton to really get, get really excited over you know unless, unless you're a big anthony smith fan like after that main event the rest of the car was kind of like yeah you know Kind of came and went. It was it was a thing. Damn, that he sold twenty four hundred of those. I, my balls was hot T shirts. Good. Hopefully he sells some pay per views. I hope this guy gets some pay per view scratch. Hey man, ride the waves while you can. I had a point too, and um, I just totally. Oh, okay. Uh, just last bit. Would you like honest question? Card like this on ESPN Plus. Would this card have been better with better pacing? And would you pay four ninety nine a month for like three cards like this with better pacing? 
So unlike y'all, I didn't watch it live. Loser. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fair, 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 but no. <laughs> you'll, you'll, catch, you'll catch me. Um, you'll catch me. Like, there are cars I stump for because there are guys on the undercard or gals on the undercard who I'm like really into, like into. This wasn't one of them. I see. Yeah, if you want four ninety nine, uh, you gonna have to take these two hundred five. Get out of here! I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. You replace those with something else. You might. Got, I think my challenge for the week. I'm gonna make a two oh an all two oh five card. Yeah. We're just yeah. the worst fights possible that I could think of. So what Joe's telling us is, is you guys should pay five dollars a month to have the honor to watch Ed Herman for <laughs> John Volante. Okay, but look, I think Ed Herman versus John Volante. What if you get like a card like this and then you get like the very good Colorado card? I mean, then the very good Colorado card is worth it, not okay. this. I'm just saying, why are we even pretending like we're not going to buy this 4.99 shit anyways? Like we're MMA meth addicts, so this is. Well, I don't know. I I might be maxed out with my design. Well, wait until they jack up the price on you, like they're already talking about. Oh, what was it going up? I don't know. They haven't mentioned it yet, but with Canelo in the fold, they need to make some some scratch. I don't want to. don't do this to me. I like you guys right now. Don't don't make me don't make me regret this. But. So let's go ahead and wrap this up. The Walking Dead's on. I want to go watch The Walking wow, Dead. Wow, man. Even though this season hasn't been all that great. Man. but I've been in this show this long, so I'm invested. Talk about addicts. Half the time. Wait, what did, you, what did you say? Am I cool? Talk about addicts. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> those are zombies. They're not drug addicts. So. I was talking about sex. Yeah. I know. I'm they have the same defend, walk. Uh, I'm a guest here. I can't just shit on the floor in the middle of this podcast. That's rude. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Gotta stick up for the host. That, that is quite literally. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, parting shots and 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 shoutouts and such. Um, so we didn't get a chance to mention some other cards that happened, but I'll give a quick uh shoutout to one championship. Uh, they had a card uh, this past weekend on the twenty sixth. Uh, main event was Ong Lasong and Mohamed Karaki. Um, Lasong gave him the business, so shout outs to him for. Uh, think think he won that fight in the first round. I'm pretty sure that ended in the first. Um, so shout outs to one championship and their many pay per view names that we went through before we started recording. Um, and shout outs to what was this event? Uh, Cage Warriors '98. Uh, the main event was a welterweight uh, title fight between Ross Houston and Stefano Paterno. Um, I, you watched this on Fight Pass. It was actually a really entertaining fight, uh, really back and forth. Uh, if you have Fight Pass, the fight the, that's, I think, worth going back to watch. Um, I think Paterno was the champ. Uh, it was a really close fight. Ross took the split decision. I think it was a split decision. But it was a really fun fight. Um, I enjoyed it. Fight Pass is... is cool just for watching like other promotions that i don't all like always get around to checking out so um shout out to cage warriors and that was that was a fun fight you guys go check that out if you have fight pass um i don't know shout out to tyron lu i hope you find another place of employment um as of like eight o'clock this morning he's no longer the cleveland cavaliers coach um so uh best of luck to you uh sir 
Um, I don't have any shots. Nobody got me mad this weekend. Just shots at Mother Nature because it's cold. And I don't appreciate that. But I can't fight Mother Nature. So um, that is uh, that is all I have. Uh, shouts to um, Reggie Bryce and... Well, I can't not even pronounce this, boy, this guy's name. Uh, Reggie... Uh, Regis... God, Reggie Prohase. I'm just gonna go with that. Uh, he got a win over Terry Flanagan, um, and Ivan Baranchik, who beat Anthony Yigit. Uh, both part of the super lightweight world series, uh, world boxing super series um, tournament. Uh, both move on from the quarterfinals to the semifinals. Um, you know, it, two fun fights. If if you guys haven't gotten seen them, go get go give them a shot. Um, and I don't know, but, uh, one second. Uh, um, I don't know, if you're American, remember the vote. Next, uh, next podcast is probably going to come out after Election Day, so let me just remind you now, go vote. I gotta fill out my absentee ballot. <laughs> <laughs> I have that sitting over there. Where are you voting? Huh? Where, are you gonna do, where are you voting? Well, I have the mail-in ballot, so I don't feel like going to a polling uh, poll. Fair. Yeah, even though my voting poll is probably, like, down the street. But the mailbox is around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lazy American. What can I say? I mean, whatever works, man. <laughs> whatever works. So that's all I got. I see. I really don't have anything. Uh... I don't have anything that I could say tastefully. Like I don't, I don't know how to address uh, some of the happenings of our, of this world. The past week hasn't been a great week for society. So, just continue to try to be the best person you can be. Try to be good people to everybody. Uh, um, <clears throat> always try to do the best you can for the people around you. We are just one big community. Just try to treat people nicely. Don't be an asshole. Um, that's it. You know, just be good people. Be, be good people, because if we were here all day talking about some of the ills of the world, we would be here a long time, so. I mean, if you thought our MMA discussion was sad. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> I was just thinking, like, it gets, it gets I worse. was thinking, like, oh, what could I say about it? But it's like, I, no, I, I don't trust myself to be poignant enough about all the, all of the serious problems, so. Right. Always remember that. Uh, that's it. And, and uh, oh, well, I guess uh, parting shots uh, Brandon Ingram of the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> Here, here's why. I have no problem with Rajon Rondo and Chris Paul throwing punches. But yeah. the, dude, the dude who comes in the from the back, shame on you. <laughs> you're not you're you, you can't do that. That's unfair. That's why I've always hated Carmel, even when he was a Nick. <laughs> he, he sucker punched Jared Jeffries and then ran away. Yeah, but that's Jared Jeffries. I mean, it, it, it still counts, damn it. Jared uh, Shout out to the NBA, no man. Shut, shut. The NBA has gotten off Jared to Jared Jeffries didn't so. have a game. He, he was just, he, five, he was just out there trying his best. MLE, buddy. <laughs> Mid-level extension. Five mil. Uh, shout out to the NBA. It's been, a, it's been an interesting season. We're only like five, six games. Hopefully we get a few more fights in this year. Let's stop being stop 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 being that guy. Stop causing problems between. I, I'm not causing problems. Positive. I'm just no, hoping they happen. Absolutely want fists to be thrown by 
people. Well, I'll, I'll throw a quick shout out to Adam Vinatieri, who, as of today, is the all-time leading NFL scorer. Um, he's a kicker. So he still don't. plays. Yeah, man. Adam Adam Vinatieri is still money. <laughs> Adam Vinatieri is gonna kick until he's like sixty-five. Pretty much. Yeah, he's he's still money. So shout out. Yep. To him. Shout out to him. Um. Shout out to everybody who called out of work to play Red Dead Redemption. Fuck, fuck I'm that game. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a rock star you guy. Now, I'm, now I'm really gonna get this podcast killed. Okay, we're gonna. No, now we're gonna do it. And I called out. <laughs> and I called out. I'm, I'm not with anybody who has their team work 100 hour weeks. So. Oh okay. Oh man. Uh yeah. That that's a whole nother, that 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 ties in with the problems of the world. That's that's another. Yeah. The, game yeah. developers. Yeah. Fighters unionize. You know. Yeah. Do something. Do something. Walk out. If you say so. Walk. Walk out. Picket signs. Something. Um. But yeah, we 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 gotta get out of here before that turns into a whole nother rant. <laughs> but, um, One day I'm telling. It's gotta be for Dojo after dark when Anakul gets the rant. Oh God! Yeah, I don't want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, don't really don't want that. <laughs> yeah, I think four. I think four hours is long. The dirt works. <laughs> That's all right. We'll, we'll do sex. It'll be a part. And one, if you two, vote, three. if you are a voter and you are in the Arizona area, make sure you vote for your local mining. Uh, your. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's 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 a bit of an inside joke. For... I'm gonna sense that I will, I will hook you up with that. The rest of you do your own homework on it. Alright. <laughs> well, this has been another episode of the Dodo Talk Podcast. You can listen to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh Google Play, send questions to Dodo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com, hit us up on the Dodo Talk Podcast Facebook page, hit me up on Twitter at Serial Sensei, and you can pre-order my books, The Oddball Chronicles, uh, on Amazon, if you so choose to donate 99 cents to me. Would appreciate it. It's 99 it. cents, that's you all cheap be- bastards. There you go. 99 cents to keep me off the streets and, and doing bad things. Like, um, what, I, you know what, I won't be on the streets. It's too cold. heavyweight MMA. But... <laughs> like you're going to be peddling your book on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho... As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we'll be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.